Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Okay, well, first, uh, not to take any way, anything away from Penn State, um, so start with them. They did a really good job, well coached, like we said. Uh, their team played physical. They were prepared to come in here uh, and play the game that they did. Uh, so credit to Coach Franklin, their team. Um, they played hard and and they played physical tonight. Uh, and you know I thought our crowd was fantastic. I uh, thought the energy and uh, what they brought tonight. I mean all that in the environment, like we said, it was exactly what we thought it would be. Um, and so you know we appreciate that. Uh, we're disappointed in the performance. We're disappointed in the in the loss, obviously. And. You can look at the stats. Uh, it's pretty matter of fact. I think football is really comes down to that, uh, just the execution piece. And you lose the turnover battle. That's number one. And then I think tackling, you know, that was another area that we can improve on. Um, but overall, you know, red zone, they were five for five in the red zone. We were two for four. Uh, and those penalties hurt us, or excuse me, the, the turnovers hurt us um, when it was all said and done. But, you know, for us as a team, you know, like I told our guys in the locker room there, I mean, it's football is a matter of fact. You got to you got to be able to do your job. You got to be in the right position. Um, you got to execute the plays that we have out there and, and uh, we got to be better at that. And that's got to that's got to start on Sundays. That goes all the way through the week. Um, that's what we do as coaches. We get our guys prepared. We didn't have them prepared well enough tonight to go out there and play the game that we wanted to. Um, so I've got to do a better job, we all do as coaches, to get these guys prepared to go out there and play against really good football teams. Uh, they continue to keep getting better all right, as the season goes on. And Penn State was, was that football team tonight. Um, and so a credit to them. You know, they, they did their job and we have areas that we know we need to improve on and we'll work on those. We'll identify those specifically on Sunday, what they are, we'll work on those on Sunday, then we'll flush this game, we'll get on to Missouri. All right, and that'll be the mindset. And the key is, you know, really how we handle the disappointment. Um, this is football. Things happen in football. And how you handle it is really the key to the success of your football team, in my opinion. And everyone's going to have some type of disappointment at some point. All right, we're 2-0 and coming to this game. Now we lost this football game, and we still have a long season ahead of us. And there's a lot of football to play. So what we do moving forward is going to be the key to our success. All right, and this season. And I think those guys understand that. Um, I think the coaches understand that. But we got to get it done at the end of the day. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And so uh, myself, um, that's where it begins. And then, you know, for everybody else in there, we know what we have to do moving forward. So those guys were all ears. And we will get back to work on Sunday. But uh, congratulations to Penn State. Uh, I'm disappointed for our players as well. I know they worked hard this week in practice. They wanted to come out and play well. Um, and so those guys, you know, they're hurt right now. And we got to take that into the next week 
and find ways to improve in those areas. So we will do that. This team will do that. We will do that. Uh, we will do that as coaches, and we will have our guys through this week of preparation ready to go when we go play against Missouri on Saturday. But uh, I do want to thank everybody for being at the game and, and what they brought. Uh, that was awesome. And now we got to go out there and we got to put the time and the work in to make sure that we are prepared to go out there and play the way that we all hope we can play and that our expect, you know, to our expectations and the standards that we have for this football team. That was head coach Brian Harson after the loss to Penn State on Saturday night. Welcome into Sports Call this afternoon. I anticipate the phone lines will light be light, lit up this afternoon, so I wanted to get out uh, to start the show today with hearing from the head coach himself from Saturday night. You heard, I'm sure everybody out there has read the comments, has heard the comments by now, but this is our first time on the air since the disappointment in Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday. Wanted to let everybody hear directly from the head coach this afternoon. I'm Brooks Childress. I'm sitting in the director's chair this afternoon for Mr. J.J. Jackson. He is out of town, off today. Joined in studio today by Mr. Tom Peavy, Mr. Cam Berry, Mr. Brant Daughtry. So a full house this afternoon. 334-887-341. Locally toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Can't wait to hear all of our callers and uh, guests this afternoon. We've got a great show for you coming up here in a few minutes. We'll have birthdays and sports. Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers will join us about 4.30. We'll also have best and worst of the weekend at 5.30. And, of course, wrap up your afternoon with a nightly TV guide. Auburn falls to Penn State on Saturday at Jordan-Hare Stadium. A blowout loss to the Nittany Lions in front of a sellout crowd of a lot of orange, a lot of white as well. Penn State had a good contingency in town, but the Auburn Tigers not victorious on Saturday. They fall to 2-1 and one on the season, and there's a lot of turmoil out there. That's that's the best way I can put it right now is there's a lot of turmoil out there, especially in the fan base world of Twitter and chat rooms and everything. Oh uh, it, is, it is a fun time out there. There's <laughs> rumors everywhere swirling. Obviously, if, you know, there, there are rumors out there. We, we don't know. What's going to happen? We can't. We don't have all the answers here, but we are here to give you our opinions. We're here to hear your opinions, uh, and those are all welcome. As I said, three three four eight eight seven thirty four. Locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. I had a fine weekend, other than Saturday afternoon. Um, my New England Patriots got a win yesterday over yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're able to pull that one out. Uh, the Atlanta Braves were able to sweep the Philadelphia Phillies. So officially. And uh, I, I texted this yesterday to someone. Uh, my teams were, what, 4-1 and one versus the state of Pennsylvania on the weekend. And so it was uh, – but the one, one was not great. So a big, big weekend in the sports world. Of course, we'll talk all about Penn State, and we're going to get set. As you know, every single Monday, 1.30 is when Brian Harson has his weekly presser. So the Auburn football team is already on to Missouri Obviously, we have not had a chance to digest the Penn State game. We're not on to Missouri just yet, but the football team's on to Missouri. They started preparations for Missouri yesterday, and uh, we'll, the Tigers get set to welcome in the Missouri Tigers for the first time ever at Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday at 11 a.m. Tom, how are you today? Uh, doing great. Uh, I, I spent my entire morning watching uh, the Queen's funeral. We had it on uh, here in the office. Did you? Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, early morning. I mean, that, that thing got started at about 4 o'clock this morning. But uh, I had to watch that. that. That was just one of those uh, – that's one of those events that you just don't get uh, – you don't get to see that every day, literally. I A mean, lot of people haven't gotten to see that. Ever. Ever. And may never get to see that again. Yeah. I mean, depending on 
how long Charles goes. But, um, you know, for somebody, you know, especially my age, uh, I'm a lot older than you guys. Uh, you know, I've known about, you know, the Queen of England since I was born. So, you know, 45 years, I've known about that. Uh, so it was just special and just the pomp and circumstance everything that Britain does with the royal family it, it was amazing so I, I watched that and it was a nice getaway from the doom and gloom that is out there on Twitter right now which it, it should be um, when it comes to Auburn with doom and gloom on the Twitter on the uh, message boards on it's Facebook well and, and it should be um, but it also should not be unexpected and that's the one thing that uh, I said on one of my social media platforms is that uh, for Auburn fans, this game should not have come as a surprise. This was going to happen. Now, I did not honestly did not think that was going to happen against Penn State. I, I felt that Auburn could be more competitive with Penn State, but there were going to be blowouts coming, whether it be to Georgia, to Alabama, to Arkansas right now, the way they're looking. Uh, there were going to be there's going to be some lopsided losses there unfortunately it happened already and um and, and you know I, I guess it's just so deflating because of the hype that the fans had put on that the orange out the fans were uh, first big home game of the season national television first time an, a big 10 team has ever come here i mean the hype was just so there uh, the environment was definitely. Oh there. man, the environment was there. Everybody were so jacked up about this game, and man, it just it went downhill quick. And then you thought at halftime, still in this game. Yeah, not still. Not yeah, totally out. We're of still it. in this game. You know, hopefully Harson and crew got in there and they made some adjustments. When we come out here and you know take control of this thing in the third quarter. Whoop! No, no. No. I think Penn State pretty much just put their foot on Auburn's throat the entire second half and choked them out. Myself and Ryan Lavoy were in the press box for the game on Saturday, and I think about midway through that third quarter, I leaned over to him and said, well, maybe they should have came out in the orange jerseys. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and I mean, we're going to deep dive more in this. I'm going to give these guys a chance to say. I'll say a lot of my piece throughout the show. I mean, there's a lot on my mind. There, there's a lot to talk about. Sure. There's a lot on my mind, a lot of stats to digest, a lot of whys to digest and that's going to be the other question you know we're going to get is you know why why is it like this how have we gotten like this how have we gotten to this point uh so yeah just a lot to talk about and a lot to digest with us but a bad bad loss and uh probably the end of brian harson if i the door is opened to the end that that door that door didn't just feel open let's let me let that that door got that door like it opened to the end Uh, oh no it is that door just got kicked open is what that was that that's not a the door just kind of slid open and here we go no this is i'm just trying to be political Sure. No, this is this is the door. The door has been kicked down, and the end is right there, staring everybody in the face. That yellow hat is sitting there in the doorway. Well, I mean, they, <laughs> well, the thing is that you have to think those guys have been looking for any reason to go yeah, ahead and yeah. jump. Yeah. And Harson has now given it to him. And, and on top of that, goodness, they oh, they had built this up so much for how big of a recruiting weekend this was going to be. And that's the biggest thing that is just killing Brian Harson and the staff right now is the inability to recruit, the inability to get people out of the transfer portal, and the inability to 
dig themselves out of a bad situation that they took over from Gus Malzahn. They have not done that. They have failed miserably at shoring up this program and trying to give some hope towards the future. You just brought in all these superstar big-time recruits, and you bragged and you boasted about how great the recruiting weekend was and everything, and then you just get your butts beat right in front of all of those kids that you're trying to bring here. Now, some of them may look at it and go, Hey, that's what I, you that's know, what I was going to say. I could start there right now because these dudes are we terrible. You. We need you. Sure. But for a lot of them, and I, I believe, a, lot, a lot of them, there's a lot of those kids are going to look at that and they're like, ugh. I believe I saw on Twitter terrible. there were players that were the recruits that were leaving the recruiting lounge, walking out of the stadium, and fans were yelling at them saying, we need you. Come here yeah. now. Oh, we need everybody. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, this is uh, – this roster is bad. This is – outside of one or two pieces, this is – it was like a third-string SEC roster. And the reason I say third-string SEC rosters, you can't tell me there's a single offensive lineman that starts for Auburn no. that would start or possibly even be second-string at Alabama or Georgia or any of the major schools right now or the major competitors. I don't think there's a single offensive lineman. I know there's not a single one that would start. And you're stretching to even say second team because of the guys that these teams bring in, five stars and everybody that are sitting second string. So you've got that. You don't have a wide receiver. I, you, There's not a wide receiver out there I don't think that would start anywhere. You don't have a quarterback that would start anywhere. How do you know? Because they couldn't get it done at the schools that yeah. they transferred from. Now you have a running back. You have an elite running back. And then guess what you do? You give him the ball 11 times. Yep, I, I mean, make me figure it out, or make make, you know, make, make me understand, understand it. Make me understand the one SEC caliber player that you have on that field. You only let him touch the ball eleven times, and I know a lot of that has to do with what Penn State was doing. I get that, but Jesus, you find a you find a way to put the ball in his hands. You've got to be a better offensive coach, better scheme, better something. Figure something out and put the ball in his daggum hands. You cannot let your best player only touch the ball 11 times when you're getting your butts kicked like that. That's stupid. That's dumb. That makes no sense whatsoever. And Brian Harson can sit there and talk to the media all he wants to about, oh, well, you're not sitting in the meetings and you don't know what they're doing. I don't give a good you-know-what what Penn State's doing. He's your best player. You put the ball in his hands. If they are stacking the line and stopping them from just handing the ball off to him, then you figure out some way to get the ball in his hands. That's what your job is. You don't just keep doing the same crap that's not working. You figure it out. You get in there, look at the film. Be smart enough to realize, hey, Penn State's doing this, so if we do this with Tank, it should be open. But no, just touch the ball 11 times. No big deal. Cam, how are you doing? Anyway, I'm done for now. <laughs> Let me uh, go call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely been better, right? I mean, obviously the loss to Penn State in, your, in Jordan Hare, I mean, that's just embarrassing as a whole. Uh, something you definitely don't want to see. Um, I mean, Tom pretty much – touched on everything it just quarterback play to the offensive line to the receivers i mean nothing just went well and, and the defense i mean they held up respectably for a half but when your offense can't stay on the field and your 
you know, your defense is the only thing that's decent. I mean, eventually they're going to get tired too. So then that just, uh, I mean, they just got worn down, you know, that, that that's pretty much it. Um, watched a little bit of Falcons football as well. Um, they were down pretty early, but valiant, a valiant effort in coming back, yep. honestly. And I mean, just, there's some say, bright spots. They there. almost turned the they tables on the 28 like, to three. It, yes. They, they were down 28 to three in the third quarter and they almost came back, ended up losing 31 to 27, but still a, a, a respectable comeback effort. So I, I kind of liked what I saw. Uh, if we can just shore up some red zone issues and maybe get Kyle Pitts the ball a little bit more, I feel like we, we might have something. Um, happy for the Braves. Continue, you know, to to rack up wins. Uh, nine wins away from a hundred. So unfortunately, the Mets also continue to do yeah, that. Yeah, and the Mets yeah, they, are also continuing to they keep matching wins. I know and losses. Actually, they yep. they said so the Braves can't can't get up on them. They can't, can't get, get they can't gain ground. So, well, but the Mets also can't gain any more ground because like I say they, they they keep matching wins for losses. It's so, crazy. So it, it's close. You know, just overall, just a rough weekend of sports. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk more about about Auburn and and just situationally all that stuff. Obviously, as things go on, but uh, I'll go ahead and let Brant have his piece. Just say like, uh, twenty minutes into the show, Brant, how are you doing today? Yeah, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm trying to collect my thoughts. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I don't care who the quarterback is, even though I don't think Auburn's quarterback room is great. Nope. I don't care how many times Tank touches the ball, even though I think Tank should have touched the ball more. Say it, sir. I don't care who's calling plays, even though I didn't love the play calling. As long as Auburn's offensive line is as bad as it was on Saturday, you're going to have more of that. It's going to be that over and over and over. And that is not a failure of Brian Harson. No. That is a failure of Gus Malzahn. It's just carryover. It's carryover from the previous staff. And... Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that everything else that Brian Harson is doing is working. Um, I, Cam, you said the defense got worn out, and they did definitely a little bit. I saw yeah. a lot of quit out of that defense too. Yeah. They 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 played with not a lot of pride in I the mean, second half, I, in my opinion. And, and I mean, we still couldn't even get pressure to Sean Clifford. I think know? they were. I think they pressured him a few times. They never got him down. That was the problem. Yeah. You never got him down. Every time you sent an extra blitzer. Clifford saw it, and that's the problem when you're facing a 24-year-old quarterback, is that he's seen just about everything, and there's not a whole lot you can throw at him that he doesn't know how to beat. So you just got to get to him with your base four. And Auburn couldn't do that. They got pressure, but they couldn't get him down. Um, Penn State got Auburn's quarterbacks down effectively, early and often. Um, You go back and watch film, or I I went back and watched a couple of plays from, uh, from, from the game on Saturday. The A-gap pressure, and for those who don't know, A-gap is the gap on either side of the center, between the center and the two guards. That is where pressure cannot, under any circumstance, come from. Because nobody can get away with it. When Robbie got sacked, he got sacked twice. Both of his pressures, or at least one of his pressures, came from a free rusher up the middle in the A-gap. You can't do that. And that's that's a combination. Uh, when when a guy comes free, that's coaching, because you're not coaching it well enough. You're not scheming it well enough to account for those blitzers. But when a guy is getting blocked anyway, and he just beats his man, that's what hap- That's what happened more it's often than gap. not. Yeah, that's the talent gap. Auburn's yeah. offensive line is bad, and it has been bad since 2017. Uh, and Harson hasn't done a whole lot to fix it. Now the the whole recruiting thing. 
He got cut off at the knees in the offseason with the investigation, like, quote-unquote, what whatever. What supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, it's it sucks, but at the same time, I have not seen this team trending in a direction that makes me desperate to keep Brian Harson. Um, I don't dislike the guy. I don't think he's a terrible football coach, but I don't know if he's the guy to get it done here if for no other reason he just doesn't have the support of the people above him. Um, but every issue that Auburn football has right now, and there are a lot of issues. Don't get me wrong. There are, there are a ton of them. As long as that offensive line is as bad as it is right now, Auburn's not going to win a lot of football games. There, there were times Penn State was getting back, getting pressure with just four rushers. Yeah, yeah. just four. Well, it, it, I just think four, yeah, without even blitz, no blitz, no, yeah. no blitz, no weird, you, you know, back stuff. There. That they, uh, they like, were just their front four were dominating Auburn's offensive line enough that they didn't have dominate. to do a lot of crazy stuff. No. Their four were getting back there and causing problems. There and, was, and you just can't. That's that's completely unacceptable for an offensive line. There was one play where Penn State got a sack when they sent. Three. Three guys. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember seeing that. On the, the strip sack to end the first yep. half, Finley had a second, maybe a second and a half before he got hit from behind. And that's that's awful. You can't have that. that. You cannot have that. You, that's losing football. Auburn football falls to Penn State on Saturday in Jordan Hare Stadium. We'll talk more about that. And of course, take your phone calls when we come back after this first break. We'll also hear from Ryan Lavoy for the first time today with weather right after this. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. If you're looking for the Sports Call podcast, you got an iPhone or an iPad, you can find that on Apple Podcasts. You can find a link to our podcast on Apple Podcasts on our Twitter right now at Sports Call AU. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry on a Monday. J.J. Jackson off today. Went out of town this weekend, so he is traveling back today. It's travel day. He'll be back tomorrow for another new edition of Sports Call. Right now, though, we continue to talk about the weekend that was in Auburn football, losing to Penn State on Saturday afternoon. First time a Big Ten team has come to Jordan-Hare Stadium. First time Penn State has come to Jordan-Hare Stadium. So let's get ready. Before we go to our phone lines, let's go to our birthdays in sports, shall we? It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. Two convenient locations in the Auburn, Opelika area. Stop by and see them today. Brant. Who's Hello. on the list for our birthdays today? On this day, the day of our Lord, September 19th, 2022. <laughs> Turning 36 is Ryan Suckup. He's an NFL kicker. 
plays for the Buccaneers. He was Mr. Irrelevant in 2009, selected by the Chiefs, for those who don't know. Mr. Irrelevant is the nickname given to the last pick in the NFL draft. Selected by the Chiefs, he is the rec- he holds the record for highest field goal per- highest field goal percentage as a rookie with 86.2%. He's the Mac Lee Hill Award trophy. Won the Mac Lee Hill Award in 2009, which goes to the Chiefs Rookie of the Year. He was a Super Bowl champion in 2021, and he has played with the Chiefs, Titans, and Buccaneers. He has 289 career field goals. He played four years of college at South Carolina. The Gamecocks. And he was a two-time second-team All-SEC. Ryan Suckup turns 36. Turning 32 today is Stephon Gilmore. He's a cornerback for the Colts. He was the 10th overall pick in the 2012 NFL Draft by the Bills. He's a five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, uh, 2019 NFL Interceptions Co-Leader, NFL Defensive Player of the Year that same year, and they won a Super Bowl in 2019 as well. He has played with the Bills, Patriots, Panthers, and is now with the Colts. He's a member of the New England Patriots All-2010s team. He's a New England Patriots All-Dynasty team. Played three years of college football at, guess where? South Carolina. Wow. Where he's a third-team yeah. All-American in 2011. A lot of South Carolina birthdays today. Absolutely. Turning 29 today is Mo Cox. He's a tight end for the Colts. Another Colt. He's an undrafted free agent out of college, and he played four years of college basketball at VCU. Let's go Rams. There you go. All right. He led VCU to its first Atlantic 10 Conference Championship. He's a VCU all-time leader in field goal percentage. Signed by the Colts in 2017 despite not having played organized football since his freshman year of high school. Came to his own in 2018 and has increased his role since then. Mo Cox, 29. All right. Turning 24 today is the best point guard in the NBA, Trey oh, Young. My goodness. It's point it's guard facts. for the Hawks. <laughs> it's nothing but facts. Continue. Bro. I just wanted somebody to get mad at me. He's the fifth overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft by the Hawks, kind of. He's a two-time NBA All-Star, All-NBA third team in 2022. NBA All-Rookie team in 2019. He played one year of college basketball at Oklahoma. Boomer. In which he won the 2018 Wayman Tisdale Award. He's the 2018 Big 12 Freshman of the Year. He was a 2018 Consensus First Team All-American. First Team All-Big 12. NCAA Assist Leader in 2018 and NCAA Points Leader in 2018. Also, this past season, led the NBA in points and assists. He's a dog. He's good. One of, two players, one of two players in college to average 20 and 8. The other being Auburn's very own Shreve Cooper. Reef. Turning 31 today is C.J. McCollum. He's a shooting guard for the Pelicans. He was the 10th overall pick in 2013 by the Blazers. He became a starter for them in the 2015-2016 season and kept the job until joining New Orleans last season. Is the NBA's most improved player in 2016. He played four years of college basketball at Lehigh. Let's go Mountain Hawks. He's a two-time Patriot League Player of the Year, three-time First Team All-Patriot League, Patriot League Tournament MVP in 2012, Patriot League Rookie of the Year in 2010, Patriot League All-Time Leading Scorer. He had 2,361 points as a member of Lehigh. I like C.J. McCollum. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Turning 26 today is DeJounte Murray, another Hawk. Ah, Guard of, for the Hawks. A lot, of sound, yeah. a lot of bird team birthdays today. Bird team birthdays. Gamecocks, Hawks. He's the 29th overall pick in the 2016 NBA draft by the Spurs. He was in the all-defensive second team in 2018. Led the NBA in steals last season in 2022. Made his first all-star game as well. Signed with the Hawks this offseason after spending his entire career with the Spurs. Played one free, one year of college basketball at Washington. Let's go Huskies. Where he was a second team all-Pac-12 and Pac-12 all-freshman team member. 
And our last but not least birthday, turning 33 today, is George Springer. He's an outfielder for the Blue Jays. His 11th overall pick in the 2011 draft by the Astros. He's a four-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner, one-time World Series champion in 2017, World Series MVP that same year, played his whole career with the Astros before signing a six-year $150 million. That's a lot of money. Dollar contract with the Blue Jays in January of 21. He played three seasons of college baseball at UConn. Let's go Huskies. Where he was the Big East Rookie of the Year in 09, Big East Player of the Year in 2011, and two-time All-Big East First Team. That is your birthdays in sports. Of course, happy birthday to all of them. Happy birthday to you if it's your birthday out there on this September the 19th. Birthdays in sports brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. And head to our next break. When we come back, we head to the phone lines. Retired War Dan Steve and James from Montgomery is holding on. Of course, if you want to get on those phone lines as well, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We'll be right back with more Sports Call. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call is taking the show on the road, and you're invited for the first time in the 2022 football season. We're going to be out in public. They're letting us out of the studio this Friday. Sports Call will be live on location at the Auburn Alumni Center on the campus of the beautiful campus of Auburn University this Friday, broadcasting live from 3 to 6 p.m. For the huddle tailgate, if you're an Auburn alumni, make sure you head to the Alumni Association website, register for the huddle this weekend for the Missouri game. They do this tailgate a couple times a year. Our friends over there at the Auburn Alumni Association had us out twice last year. This is our first stop. We're going to be there twice this year. Our first stop is this Friday afternoon. We'll be broadcasting live out front. You'll see our van parked there. Oh, will we going. be out front? Uh, we, right we, out were, front. we were out front last year, weren't we? Giant t- inflatable tiger head you're going to see right there at the door. Stop on by, see us. It's homecoming I, weekend. I drove by it the other day. Yeah, it's homecoming weekend. Come wait. by and see us. A lot of Auburn alumni coming into town this weekend, so make sure you come by and see us. 3 to 6 p.m. on Friday, we'll have lots of great, I'm sure we'll have lots of great giveaways out there for you. Uh, I think the Alumni Association's got some great stuff for Auburn alumni that come in and register for the, the huddle. So come out and see us 3 to 6 p.m. Friday, uh, this Friday, ahead of the Missouri game. The huddle alumni tailgate coming up. We'll be broadcasting live. 334-887-34. locally toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're live right now in the studio, and that means we can go to our Auburn Bank phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on that Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC. We go to the phone line for the first time today. And who is there, Zeus? It is... 
War Damn Steve. Retired War Damn Steve. We got to see him on Friday. He stopped by the studio on his way into town for the Penn State game, and now we talk to him on the phone line. Steve, how are you doing this afternoon? Much better uh, than if you talked to me Saturday afternoon. I bet. I think we're all in the same boat, Steve. So good afternoon, guys, and I really enjoyed uh, getting in. Uh, spend some time meeting with you guys, uh, Mr. Tom Peavy. I hate that I didn't get to see you, though. Yeah, uh, unfortunate, but uh, maybe next time. Well, let's start off with the obvious. Uh, I have two words for you guys, and those are not War Eagle. They're the words of uh, maybe soon-to-be ex-Auburn head coach. Uh, Mr. Parson told recruits over and over again, just watch. Yeah. And I did. There, and we're we're all daughter. watching. And I did with my daughter. We were on the third row, uh, section thirty-nine, the north end zone. And uh, what we watched was not pretty. And uh, I'll say, you know, uh, we were at the scene of the crime. Yeah. Yep. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen it yet, guys, just on a lighter note, because I had to do this, or otherwise uh, I'd ask you to walk me off the ledge. Uh, the SEC shorts. Uh, is it Auburn versus Penn State? Have you seen it yet? I, I saw the uh, thumbnail for it, but I have not had a chance to actually watch it. Well, it is. I mean, it's hilarious. I could laugh at it, and they talk about you know they have two guys who uh, they have a black guy impersonating, a, I, I guess, uh, uh, an arresting officer. He says he's a Penn State guy who's uh, at the uh, I guess interrogation room. He says we got you dead to rights. Yeah. And they go off from there, and then one of the uh, hilarious remarks is the guy who's playing another, you know, I get bad copy way. He says, you know, what are you doing, man? You know, this is a sold-out stadium, and uh, everyone uh, was in orange, you know, uh, in a poor man's whiteout. In a poor man's whiteout. Yep. So I thought that was hilarious. Okay. So, guys, you know, I've been uh, doing my best to be supportive of Coach Harzen. Uh, I want to give him the opportunity. I want to succeed. Sure. However... Mr. Tom Peavy, you may be a better uh, evaluator than I will ever be in I'm 71 <laughs> years old. Uh, but i got to tell you right now, you know, uh, and based on what I watched with my daughter, um, Saturday, five wins right now would be a miracle. Right. And being bone eligible, I think, would, uh, would take for me an act of God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said early on, I thought six. Uh, I, I was kind of a six, seven win. Yeah, might sneak an eighth in. Uh, but, yeah, after that performance and kind of looking what looking at what everybody else in the SEC is doing, it, that, that's going to be tough to get. Now, Auburn should beat Missouri this weekend. I mean, Missouri's terrible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, my friend. Uh, there's no shooting for me anymore. Well, no. I'm no longer going to have any expectations. <clears throat> uh, I'll watch the games. But I'm no no longer going to be uh, having any petrobismol with because that's over with. Well, but, Steve, with this team, that is a safe that that is the safe bet is to don't have any expectations because yes, Auburn could turn around and lose to Missouri. However, as bad as Auburn is, Missouri is worse, and so this is one of those that Auburn should pretty easily take care well, of. Who's worse, San Jose State or Missouri? Oh. Uh, that is a that's a I, great question. Yeah, I mean, if I if I put those two, I would I would still say probably San Jose State is worse than right. Missouri. Probably and we struggled to beat them, didn't we? Sure, 
Yeah, but that was not Auburn playing at its best. Even even a bad Auburn team should have beaten San Jose State by more than have this team did. Have we seen Auburn play at its best, guys? Uh, for a half against Mercer. Well, um, you know, I'll, I'll say this right now. You know, I said 9-3 white. I'm afraid we might go 3-9. and nine. Just reverse the numbers. I, I, Steve, I'm telling you that right now, the only right now there I see only two games left on the schedule that I'm just 100 percent confident Auburn can win, and that's this weekend against Missouri and at the end of the year against uh, is it Western Kentucky. Western, yeah. Uh, anything else uh, either is an absolute 100 percent L or. It's going to take a lot. Or, or, or crap shoot. You know, LSU, uh, you know, I think LSU is better than Auburn right now, which is really sad considering how much they were having to rebuild. But uh, I think LSU is better. Auburn, it, Auburn doesn't stand a chance against Georgia and Alabama right now. I don't think they stand much of a chance against Texas A&M. Arkansas is destroying people. Mississippi State's putting up crazy points. Ole Miss is well, putting up crazy points. Uh, I, I don't. I don't see a path where Auburn wins those games. Tom, I don't know about destroying people. Arkansas could have lost their games. Your your Arkansas seventy-two yard punt return was one one sure. game for them. And, and and I will say yes, Arkansas struggled against Missouri State this weekend, uh, and that is a factor. They they did not look good in that game. But what you what you look at is what Arkansas did before that, and what you look at the talent they have. I, I'll chalk that one up as to uh, I, Arkansas. To me, is very much similar to what we're used to seeing Auburn as. Is they, uh, you know, a dynamic offense, and maybe you have a game that you just don't play very well, and it gets a little scary. But I think Arkansas overall is pretty good. And if you put Arkansas head to head with Auburn right now, it's not even close. Uh, Auburn, Auburn would not be able to stop Arkansas's offense. Well, let's look at the things that I thought. When I said my nine and three uh, would would help us to get there, okay, or even uh, or even eight and four, okay, I thought that our defense would bail us out. Right, guys. What what I watched Saturday, except maybe for the first half, in the second half did not happen. And these are my opinions. Here are the facts. Here's what our defense didn't do, and what uh, Penn State's defense did. How about this? Sacks, sacks, zero on our end, right? Yep. How many did Pitt State have? Six. Yep. Okay. How about tackles for losses? This is completely humiliating because I thought we had a talent for this. Eleven tackles for losses by the, uh, Penn State's defense. How many do we have, Tom? Three. Three. Yep. Three. Yeah. Well, and, and Steve, and, and what you're pointing out here. And they couldn't. And they shouldn't have been worn out, like you said, Tom. Because I, well, I didn't. Here. I didn't say that. that. I didn't say that. We, Some, somebody else did, but not. But I mean, so we had seventy-four total plays. Sure, they had sixty-two. Sure. Time possession was was even 29, 38, 29 minutes and thirty-eight seconds for us. Thirty minutes for them. So our defense should have been worn out or tired. No, I, 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 I think. But part of getting that worn out is the offense not being able to move the ball and. You come off the field and you well, we barely. Had 52 plays. I know. I know. Steve, we had 62. It's it's not just about it's not yeah, just it's about not the, the number of right. plays. It's about how rapidly they occurred. I'm with right. you. I don't think wearing out the defense is as good an excuse as it has been right. in the past. But certainly the offense did not help matters out much. Okay, how about this, guys? Because this really, I said, I can't believe they did this to us. You know, 245 yards rushing. Not Auburn. No. Penn State. What do we have for rushing? 
119 yards. Sure. And, and tough, tough to run the ball when you can't block people. Yep. Well, how about why did we let a second, a second, uh, a freshman running back score at the end of the game a 52-yard touchdown run? Nick Singleton's really good. He is, he is good. And Auburn didn't just He's an incredibly talented, yeah. fre- incredibly talented tailback, and that is. I don't care how good you are. 52 yards against our run defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's I, fast. Stopping the run, Steve. We've one thing that we everybody has been harping on is how bad the offense has been, but everybody also has to understand defense has not been good either. Right now, Auburn has Auburn has not gotten a single turnover all year long. They are one of four teams in FBS that have not had a turnover, and in turnover differential, because Auburn's offense is turning it over. Auburn is second to last in all of FBS in turnover uh, uh, turnover differential at negative eight. So, in other words, Auburn's turning the ball over a lot and are not getting any turnovers back. So that's that is not a good recipe. Not fun. So, what, what explains that execution, guys? Because we do have some talent on defense. Okay, and two of them will be starting for Alabama and Georgia, and they are Derek Hall and Owen Papo. Wrong or am I right? I think I, I think they would be playing. I don't know if they'd be starting because Alabama has Will as a Will Anderson, but yeah. but yeah, they, they would be on the field for those teams. Yes, they, they, the, yeah. the, the other thing is you, the other thing, Steve, is you've got nine other players on that field. Right. But I never saw Derek, Derek Hall getting close to sacking anybody. Derek Hall got a couple. Of, he, Derek Hall got a couple of pressures. He was back and there. Owen Papo knocked a crap in the first uh, series and I said, "Oh, great, you know we're here and we're only down by what eight points at the half." I said, "Okay, we're in this game." And then what happens in the second half, guys? Please explain to me what happened. Uh, everything fell apart in a hurry. But why? <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you got Auburn, out, Auburn you, doesn't have a lot of talent. You and, got out coached. Yeah. You got out played. You got out footballed in every facet of the game. Yeah. There's, but there's why, guys, everything we went wrong. Our summer, our, our coaches had Beat. the entire summer to prepare for the Penn State. Coach. So, did, so did Penn State's coaching yeah. staff. Penn State has better players than Auburn. I mean, Auburn just does I not have the talent. Better Auburn better doesn't players, have the talent right now. Experience. Uh, then, Penn State explain, is just better. How do you explain, guys, this nonsense? Because I've never coached my life. I never have done this. Whenever Finley had a good series or a good pass play, they take him out, and and so the, and this is another point of contention that I have right now with Brian Harson is, uh, I'm one of those that I'm always of the, of the saying, yeah, if you if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one, and so or I guess you don't have any. If you got two quarterbacks, you don't have any. You've got to be able to stick with a quarterback because you're not letting anybody get in rhythm. And I agree. T.J. Finley makes a good play. It looks like you might be getting some rhythm. Then you yank him off the field and put Robbie Ashford in there. To, and why would you do that, run. guys? Nobody asked uh, Coach Harson that. None of the reporters there. I didn't hear anybody asking that. Why'd you do that? You're trying to throw change-ups yeah. when the fastball is working? Well, Not you know, two minutes, in, Steve. In the South, you know, we have a, a phrase. We say, what'd you do that for? <laughs> well, anyway, he... The thing is, you can ask, what did you do that for? It is a decision that Harson and, and that staff have made is that they're going to play both of those quarterbacks because they feel like that T.J. Finley gives you the better option throwing and Ashford gives you a better option to run the ball and to give you some different looks there. And so it's a decision they made. So you sit there and go, what would you do that for? Uh, you want to, but the simple fact is 
uh, Brian Harson has made that decision that they want to run a two quarterback system because they feel like that's what gives them the best chance to succeed on offense. I disagree. I think that you're actually hurting yourself more by doing that, but that is a decision that they've made, and they haven't hidden that from anybody. They've told you straight up, both of these quarterbacks are going to get in the game and play. Now, my question is this. When both of them are stinking the building up, why is Zach Calzada not getting in the game? Is Zach Calzada just that dang bad? I read he, a, 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 he is, he's still injured. Oh, you can say that, but then Brian Harson said today in a press conference, he was specifically asked that, is that Calzada injured, and that's yeah. why he's not getting in. And he said, you must know something I don't, because he has competed right there with everybody else. So Harson shot down any idea that Calzada is injured. Apparently, Calzada is worse than the two guys that are out there that can't get it done. And holy crap, that's scary. I mean, if that if if Finley and Ashford are the best you got at quarterback right now, then you're in deep doo doo. About one more minute, well, Steve. I I got a, a holy crap of the scary. How about when the reporter asked him, you know, what was the reason for the uh, lack of uh, carries by uh, uh, Tate Bisley, and his response was, "I'm not sure the reason for that." Well, well, he one of the things that he said that may have been part of what he said. But he said that the reason that Tank didn't get carries is because of what. Well, yeah, well, you got behind and you had to throw, but also what Penn State's defense was doing to take that away, and, and what your offense is unable to do, which is run right. the ball between the tackles. Exactly, but that, but then Steve, that goes back to what I was saying: is then you have to be smart enough to know you have to be smart enough to diagnose things and game plan and adjust. To get the ball in his hands, sure, maybe handing the ball off straight out from under center with them lining nine in the box is probably not a good idea. But he's still your best player. You got to figure out a way to get the ball in his hands. And so, yeah, well, yeah, he he carried the ball five times in the first quarter. He did not carry the ball a single time in the second quarter, and then he carried the ball four times in the third. Yeah, I see. We got to get to a break, guys. Uh, any any possibility that Arizona State could maybe you know go ahead and offer a a Harson a job? Wait, it's, it's speculation for yeah. the future. Um, we don't know. Yeah. Well, how uh, how about the quarterback for uh, Appalachian State? Could we possibly maybe uh, recruit him? Uh, what is that, Steve? Uh, he's uh, he's, uh, he's the miracle of the mountain part two. Yeah. My God. Okay, well, well, guys. Thank you for your time. Thank you. I'm away from the ledge, but I think Harson and the coaching crew. Their their days are numbered. So, um, y'all have a rest of the afternoon relaxing. Uh, I'll try to calm myself back down and get over this crap. Until uh, tomorrow, guys, War Damn Eagle always. War Eagle Steve, that was war, retired War Damn Steve on the Auburn Bank phone line. James from Montgomery leads off our second hour. We also have Jason Caldwell coming up. One hour is done. More sports call to come right after this. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. 
It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour two of Sports Call on a Monday starts right now. I'm Brooks Childress, sitting in the driver's seat for J.J. Jackson, out of town for the weekend. He'll be back tomorrow for a new live edition of Sports Call. Tom Peavy joins me in studio, as he does every single Monday. Also, Brant Daughtry makes frequent stops in on Monday. He's here as well. Cam I'm Barry here. Also makes frequent stops in on Monday. Hello. He's here as well. I'm usually the outcast here. I'm the, I'm the guy that doesn't usually do a Monday show, but here we are. I am filling in for Mr. Jackson. we got a great second hour for you coming up here in about 30 minutes. We've got Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers. will be joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line, so don't miss that interview. He's always got great intel on what's going on around the Auburn sports program. Today, just today, uh, the Auburn media has gotten to hear from head basketball coach Bruce Pearl, gotten to hear from Auburn basketball legend Charles Barkley. We've also gotten to hear from head coach, foot, head football coach Brian Harson, as well as Landon King, Austin Troxel, and Anders Carlson. So a lot of me- uh, stuff going around in the media world today, a lot of different uh, different stuff going on around the area for our media. We'll talk about all of that with Jason coming up here in just a little bit. Auburn football falls to Penn State on Saturday. Big blowout loss in the Orange Out game. Tigers now turn their attention to Saturday for homecoming as they host Missouri for the first time ever. Missouri makes the trek to the loveliest village on the Plains. Two weeks back-to-back. You get a team that has never come to Auburn before. Back-to-back weeks. That's it, weird. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Missouri's been in the SEC since 2012, and this is the first time they're coming to Auburn. Yeah. Pretty wild stuff. Auburn's been up there once. once. Yeah, once. Then, played them in the SEC championship in 13. Yep. So, That's why we need that scheduling change. Need one, need something for sure. But uh, we'll talk about all of that. Oh, we'll talk about Missouri more if we go along the week. Of course, we'll continue to talk about the Auburn-Penn State game. But right now, let's head back to the Auburn Bank phone line where all of our sports call callers and guests join us on that Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. And let's take a trip to our, I almost said nation's capital, but it's not. It is the state capital Montgomery for James from Montgomery. James is there. James, how are you doing this afternoon? Thanks for holding on. I'm good and War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I was um, watching the game on my phone and well, listening to the game on my phone. And I mean, we we really made some mistakes, but I think you know with Penn State, I think Penn State was kind of hard for us to come out and uh, trying to you know make some changes with Penn State. But I think we might meet them again sometime real soon. Uh, I mean, say the the next. Uh, there's not really another scheduled meeting with Penn State right now. The next meeting would be if they met in the postseason sometime, either in a playoff or in a in a bowl game. Uh, but uh, probably uh, doesn't. There's no game on the horizon right now between Auburn and Penn State scheduled. Okay, so we'll just have to like keep Penn State in the in the rearview mirror, and then yeah, just focus on uh, Missouri and the other the other four the other. 
six games that, well, let me rephrase that, the other seven games that we have as well. Yeah, Auburn got their sights set on Missouri. The Auburn football team has their sights set on Missouri this coming weekend at 11 a.m. Yeah, if I was actually there. If I was actually there for an 11 a.m. kickoff, I mean, it's homecoming weekend. I mean, I, I wish I was there to, you know, take in all the sights and sounds, the, you know, the, the, the all-around festivities of homecoming as well. And uh, getting to meet some of the uh, great legends of Auburn's football past as well and getting to talk to them and uh, seeing, you know, what they've really had when they were playing football with uh, Auburn as well. James, what's your favorite homecoming festivity? Uh, man, my favorite homecoming festivity would be actually looking at uh, the, the, um, the band. Oh yeah, the band. Okay. The band's cool. They they do. The do, you, do you like watching? Awesome. Do you like watching the band um, when they're in the parade? Oh uh, yes, I love it. I I actually love it, and it, it's so amazing to see uh, the band leader of the band to actually you know do his little his little thing that he do, and I'm actually right there, right there in sequence, right there with him as well. Oh, you you're doing it right along with him. Yes, as well, because I used to, actually in high school, I used to be in the band, and um, I used to play an instrument, I played the saxophone, but okay. I couldn't even I couldn't even play any notes, but it was something that I had to do anyway. I was going to say, I was in the band in high school, Tom Peavy was in the band in high school, Cam, you were in the band in high school too, weren't you? I was. So three three of the four people in, the, uh, in here in the studio were in the band in high school as well. Yeah, so I, I mean, I didn't really get anything out of it, so I just had to find something else that I had to do when I was in high school, and it was uh, being in the choir as well. Okay, that's cool. So, actually, I'll talk about that one on um, probably uh, Wednesday. All right, well, we'll look forward to hearing your choral stories on Wednesday. What else you got for us then, James? Uh, well, actually, I'm very excited that my Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night, they actually um, – surprised me with a big win i actually fell asleep in the in the second quarter and i just came back and you know when i woke up out of my sleep i saw that the dallas cowboys won 20 to 17 i don't know how it happened but i fell asleep yeah beat the uh, defending afc champion uh, cincinnati Bengals 20 to 17 with cooper rush as your quarterback yes as well and then after that big win over the um Bengals. They were just talking with Cooper Rush, you know, saying is he going to step up with uh, with uh, Dak Prescott or without him? And he said uh, in his comments, he said that they're going to step up without Dak Prescott. So I don't know if he might come back or is he going to if he's going to come back or if he's going to get traded to a different team because this is Cooper Rush's team as for now. Yeah, I think it is Cooper Rush's team for now, but I'm sure as soon as Dak gets healthy, he's going to be back out there on the football field leading that uh, Dallas Cowboys offense. Y'all got a big one next week. One week from tonight, you play at the New York Giants. Yes, we actually do play the New York Giants as well, and it's uh, the first time ever in Cowboys-Giants squad history that we actually go up to, uh, you know, that we go up to uh, New York and actually beat them as well. So this is going to be, um, a very uh, classic moment as well. So I'm hoping that Cooper Rush would get me some uh, fantasy points as well. So I'm just trying to see uh, who I'm going to actually draft in my fantasy league for week three as well. So I'm going to be taking a little bit of players out 
um, tonight and then tomorrow I'm going to be, um, you know, well, for these two games I'm actually going to be watching, I'm actually going to be waiting until these two games are finalized, then I'm going to be uh, getting uh, prepared for week three as well. Yeah, that that's a, sounds like a good fantasy strategy. Did you win your game this week? Um, no, I did not. But I'm I'm uh, after these two games are finalized, it will tell uh, a huge story if I'm one and one or two and zero. Oh. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Monday night football as well. And then on Tuesday, I got to watch uh, fantasy football live on the NFL Network to see who I'm going to be actually looking at for week three as well sounds like a good strategy that sounds like a really good strategy what else you got for us today james well i'm just going to see how auburn is going to prepare for um missouri and seeing if missouri is actually going to if we're going to actually stop missouri because i did see missouri uh last week uh you know yesterday on uh saturday so i did see a little bit of missouri tiger football so i um i think missouri is not going to be a good um, it's going to be a good run for Auburn because we did play them last couple of years ago. So I think this is um, going to going to set a lot of attentions on high alert as well. Yeah, uh, Missouri got a thirty-four to seventeen win over Abilene Christian on Saturday. So you watched a little bit of that game, you said? Yes, I did. I actually did because I did have Abilene Christian favorite win that one. Okay, but it just it just came short for me as well. All right. Well, uh, I'm, I was trying to look up here, James. Um, I believe you know Auburn's never played Missouri at home before, and Auburn all time against Missouri is two and one all time against the, the Tigers. Yes, because um, we didn't even play Missouri for the last homecoming. I don't know who we played for last year, uh, last few years of uh, homecoming. I, I think it was Western Kentucky, if I'm mistaken. Uh, they didn't play Western Kentucky last year. I think it was the, the homecoming might have been Ole Miss last year. Yeah, so I think I was actually at that game last year for Auburn versus Ole Miss. And that and that game right there was a very, very uh, – it, it was a very uh, happy game for me. And I had tears when I was actually crying when Auburn actually won that game as well. Yeah, they did beat Ole Miss last year. It was a, a big game there in the middle or end of October, the night before Halloween, too, uh, for the Tigers. Anything else you got for us today, James, before I have to let you go? Um, I really don't have anything else, but if you all have, like, a special guest on, probably, like, in the near – probably like in the near couple of weeks or so. Can y'all actually um, bring Denise Lee on? Because, I, I mean, I just want to, like, you know, talk to her about a lot of different things and, uh, you know, get some uh, encouraging uh, comments from her as well to help me out. Yeah, well, we, we can work on trying to see if we can get uh, Cindy Lee on the uh, on the program as a guest, but she's got a very busy schedule, and so I don't know if that's going to work out, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. All right, sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle, James. That was James from Montgomery calling in on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, 888 9 When we come back, more sports call, more of your phone calls after this.
Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. podcast brought to you by coca-cola if you ever miss sports call live or you just want to hear something again make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast enjoy an ice cold coca-cola go along with the hottest sports talk coca-cola taste the feeling what feeling are you tasting today brant mm, a loaded question apprehension all right um uh, it's not dread, but it's bordering dread. Um, I feel pain. I don't know. Uh, disgust at the fact pain? that yeah. disgust at the fact that my favorite part of football is what Auburn is kind of worst at, <laughs> which which is what you need to be good so everything around it can work. Yeah, it starts in the trenches, baby. Games are won and lost in the trenches. I mean, you hear coaches say it all the time. Yes, it's a it's a cliche, but. It's a cliche it's for a reason because yeah. it's true. You just did a great segue because I wanted this last segment before we go into Jason Caldwell. I'm sure we'll ask Jason Caldwell about the offensive line play, but I wanted to talk about that because that was a big talking point. coming After this game, coming into this game for Auburn, it was what can Auburn's offense as a whole do and that we need more consistent play from the quarterbacks. After, and uh, you know, sitting there in the press box, I've got Twitter going, so I'm seeing everything that people are tweeting out during the game. I was I'm, tweeting I'm, during the I, game. I, I saw. Uh, <laughs> and there, there was a lot of folks talking about, and obviously, you know, for I tweeted good a lot reason, that night, too. <laughs> for good reason. People, I, was, I was heavy online People were day. talking about that offensive line play. And so I wanted to, we've, we've talked about it, and as a, you know, we've talked about it, the offensive line, and we've talked because we've talked about Auburn as a whole, but I wanted to narrow it down now. Get your guys' thoughts after you know after you know you watched it Saturday night. You kind of take a step back, and now you're you know you're looking at it again. What what were your thoughts on the offensive line play? Because it wasn't great. No, it, there was a lot of free rushers, and I, I already touched on the a gap pressure. But I mean, it, every time it felt like Penn State sent a blitz, somebody was coming free. Auburn was not prepped for that. But the bad news was. Even when they didn't send anybody extra, you were getting beat in, in your one-on-one matchups. And that, so you've, you've failed from a mental and physical aspect. And those are the two aspects that you can play football. So it's, it's just it's, it's so bad. TJ's, TJ's interception was a result of pressure. It, it was, well, I mean, he got hit while he was trying to throw the ball away. He was trying to do the right thing and get rid yeah. of it because Tarvaris Dawson, or uh, yeah, it was Tarvaris Dawson ran the wrong route. Yeah, I was going to say the wrong, wrong route was wrong. So the wide receiver that he was trying, that he wanted to throw to wasn't there. And when he tried to throw it away, he got hit from behind because his tackle got beat. And, and, and on, a, on a sprint out. shouldn't have even happened because we didn't even get the ball off on time at I, the end of the quarter. Well, it's, you did. but So, so a, official operation there. The official is watching the clock, and when it hits zero, that is when you look to see if the ball is snapped. So it can sit on zero for half a second or so. Interesting. But either way, uh, just, just a... It, all around bad play. TJ's going to get hit with an interception. That actually was not his fault. Um, and... and 
you know, it's you're on on a sprint out too. That play is designed to give your quarterback more time. Yeah. It compresses the field so your wide receivers don't have as many places to go. But and and you know, your all the defense shifts to one side of the field. But it is designed to have your offensive line make easier blocks and to give your quarterback more time. TJ got hit anyway uh, because his offensive line couldn't block for him. He got sacked what four times, I think. Yeah. Uh, and Ashford got sacked twice. That's that's losing football. I, I again. I wish quarterback was the I wish quarterback was the biggest issue on this team, because if quarterback's the biggest issue, good quarterbacks are hard to find. But it's one guy. It is a player. Right now, your biggest problem is five guys. It five guys that work as a unit, and you don't have anybody better than what Auburn threw out there on Saturday. Nope. There's no it's, cohesion on that line. Well, it's it, cohesion, talent, physicality, grit, nastiness. I, you need nastiness as an offensive lineman. You need you need a little piss in your blood, is how my offensive line coach put it. Agreed. Uh, you, need, you need a little piss and vinegar. And Armour just doesn't have any of that right now in, in its big uglies up front. It's just rough because, you know, we talk about how this is still kind of a result and carryover from Gus's lack of recruiting over the four years of offensive line. We're seeing it now coming to fruition because we don't have anybody after who's going to be decent and able to step up. The, I mean, that entire offensive line is full of upperclassmen who have been at Auburn for three, four years. Still not good. Um, transfer portal. You know, you're saying, oh, well, you can just fix it through the transfer portal. You can get five new guys in the transfer portal, all that are supposed to be really good, right? Well, probably not because they're leaving their school because they don't have a yeah. job there. Quality st- qu- SEC starter quality offensive linemen don't transfer. They don't. They don't transfer. Because they're so, starting, and if you have a good offensive line, your offense is right. probably pretty good, so Agreed. the coach that you're playing for is not going to get fired. Exactly. So you're not going to find that in, Certainly not five. You're not. You're not going to find five that are going to fix your your offensive line issue um, in the transfer portal. And then there's also the perception of Auburn as a whole in just the turnover rate. The the I mean, players see how the fans treat the team as a whole. They see that. They pay attention to all of that. They're gonna. They're they're and even just recruiting in general. They're not going to want to come here if. You know, if there's a high turnover rate in the coach, they're just not. They're right. they're not, they're not going to want to come here. It's just that's just reality. They see that. So, I mean, you're talking about all these five five star recruits that you want to get. We're not going to get to create anything if if we just have this high turnover rate of coaches. Yeah. Whoever the, whoever the like next is about to happen. Whoever the next coach is, and I'm I'm with you guys. I think there's going to be a new coach by the end of the sure. year. Uh, I think by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's I, what I, mean. I don't that's think what I, mean. I don't think Harson makes it to the end of the season. No, it's no, just, I don't think so. And that's unfortunate. So then we're gonna start all the way back over at square one. Yeah, you're going so, to have to bring so, somebody in who has a relationship with these guys already and can bring an already existing recruiting class over to Auburn instead of say Ole Miss or Arkansas. Who knows? Um, but I just don't. I don't see that happening I because that, who's because who is going to leave a program that program that's on the come up where they have control for what auburn is or is at least rumored to be so uh so here's what i want to say and and kind of the questions you asked brand is like you know what you're feeling right now i'm actually feeling optimistic and it's not optimistic for what this team is going to be able to do this year because i am not optimistic at all about that however i am optimistic because 
I was not sold on the Brian Harson hire to begin with. I I like Brian Harson time that I've met him. I don't mind Brian Harson, but I just don't think he's the guy for the job. He is a fish out of water when it comes to SEC play, knowing how to operate in the SEC, being able to make the uh, the, uh, the connections and develop relationships throughout the South with but, the high school coaches and the. But everybody's got to start somewhere. Tom. I, I, oh no no no! I, and I get that, but he has not shown that he's able to do that. And I know it's only been two years, but I mean, it hasn't you, even been two years. Oh, I know, but, you, but I, well, I know that. But you you've got to. You have to show something. You have to show yeah. some progress. You, my, you, and 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 it's just not there. My issue with blaming Harson for the recruiting thing is that he was cut off at the knees because it of what the board bro. tried to do. I, we have we have not seen what Harson is able to do from a recruiting standpoint because he was absolutely screwed. Because but that's not that's not good enough to save his job. It, it's not no, it's not good enough to to save his job. Um, I, yeah, I mean, he took over. He took over a terrible situation at a very bad time. I mean, there was a lot of things going against Brian Harson, but you you have you you go back and and you look at the stuff that happened last year with the staff turnover and the player turnover and just all the different just uneasiness that it felt with him. And then the boosters jumped in, which they need to back off. But. I, but it just says there just hasn't felt like there's not been anything positive there. So the reason I'm optimistic is that I'm I hope beyond hope that Auburn can get a guy in here that will bring positivity because nobody was positive even when they announced Harson as the hire. Nobody he was not a guy. That I, I, had, never like, I had never heard of him. I had never heard of him. That's my, the issue. That's my, probably and, my biggest issue right. is that I feel like he was never given a fair shake. Sure. Never well, given a fair shot. Everybody said Brian Harson's going to come in here and he's going to fail. That's some, what, something, that's, something, potato, haha. Exactly. Right. And, that's and that's, uh, that's what everyone is saying right now. And it's from driving here. me up. He doesn't know the, the SEC. He's going to fail. He right. doesn't know what he's doing. He's in over his head. He's going to fail. And over and over and over, instead of saying, well, let's let him get acclimated. Let's see if we can give him three years to do something right. with this program. Transfer portal or not, let him let him see if let, let's see if we can get him established in the SEC. Okay, he's not from here. Well, I mean, we want to go through the same rotation of coaches right. that everybody else goes through. Well, we went. Alan Green went and found somebody different. Right. So let, let's you know instead of trying to find somebody that we like or how it's going to go. Alan Green went out of the way and, and changed it up a little bit, and nobody gave him a fair chance. Gave him a fair chance, I, in my I, opinion. I I'm going to go back to where I'm saying I'm optimistic because I'm optimistic. That they might be able to get somebody that does generate a little bit more excitement than a Brian Harson hire. Uh, I know there there's different names out there. There's some names that I think would bring excitement. There's some that I think would be kind of meh. But I'm optimistic that there's going to be able to somebody to come in here and get things turned in the right direction because I just don't think with Harson's the guy. I just I haven't seen any positives. I th- I think in in an ideal situation where Brian Harson could have been the guy. I don't think we I think we are far past that point. I don't think we can reach that at this point. Jason Caldwell next on Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
Sports Call can now be heard on all Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon in the top left corner. Tap Skills and Games in the menu. Search for Sports Call Auburn. Select that skill. Tap Enable to use. And you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. It's a great time to add that because you can right now say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you can hear us talking to our next guest on the Auburn Bank phone line. It's none other than Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers joining us now on the program. Jason, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good, guys. How about y'all? Doing great. You had a, a front row seat on, on a Saturday to the Auburn-Penn State game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Down on the field and... uh you know, it was um, you know one that you'd like to forget. Um, it was one of those games that um, there's been a few of them over the past you know 20 plus years um, that I've gone through, and they all kind of have a similar feel usually, and it usually revolves around um, turning the ball over, mistakes, and and that was really the the main thing coming out of Saturday. That and, you know then it led to you know really Penn State being able to to kind of open things up running the football and, and controlling the line of scrimmage and uh, made for a, um, yeah, you know, not a, not a good way for Auburn to head into SEC play for sure. Yeah. So Jason, uh, is the sky falling or is everybody overreacting to one lopsided loss? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously there's always, it's a little bit of both. Right. I mean, you, there's gotta be concern. Um, when you look at it, there's gotta be concern that, um, you know, kind of the way this team has, has played through three weeks. I mean, you look back to San Jose State and um, come out of Mercer, and and you haven't seen progressions. I, I don't think in any area, kicking game still solid, but it, it hasn't. Like you, it's not like you've taken it up two notches and returned a punt for a touchdown. Done those things. You look at offensively, and I, 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 I thought T.J. Finley did some pretty good things the other day. Um, you know, but but man, you know, you turn the ball over a couple times. That that that's an issue. Obviously, Penn State said, look, we're going to just come after you. We're going to try to take away the running game, and we're going to blitz like crazy. And uh, it caused a lot of problems for this team. But, you know, defensively, still the one that's kind of the head scratcher. This this defense has has not, you know, come out and, and taken a ball away one time. And um, when you're minus nine in turnovers in three games, you're, you're probably pretty fortunate that you're, you're two and one. Jason, a lot has been made of the lack of touches for Tank Bigsby, and everybody agrees that he needs to get the ball more. But uh, you look at this offensive line, and it looks like just handing it off up the middle over and over isn't going to be very good either. So uh, what ways do you think Auburn can change their game plan to get the ball into Bigsby's hand in creative ways? Yeah, you know, you look, and, and um, yeah, it wasn't. You know, they had some issues Saturday. Um, obviously, when you start talking about the running game and um, trying to – Figure out how you're going to make it work and and um, get everything rolling. But you know when they ran the ball, you know they actually ran it okay. They just just didn't have enough of those opportunities. Tank was, um, you know, Tank was nine for 39, so he averaged 4.3 yards a carry in his nine carries. Had a, a long of 12. Um, you know, you didn't get much from the other guys. Jarquez Hunter had five carries for 16 yards. Corey Austin one for two. So there wasn't a lot there, but. You know, sometimes it's it's part of continuing to hammer away at that wall, knowing that sooner or later, man, it, it may cave in a little bit. And um, you know, I think just for me, I under, look, I understand the second half; it's going to happen. You're going to you get down, you're going to have to throw the ball a lot more. But it's still a one possession game in, in the second quarter, and, and Tank didn't get a carry. Um, and I know Penn State has something to do with that. But you know, I saw some talk today, and he goes, "Hey, 
it's our job to be able to run the football no matter what they give us. We got to figure out a way, and I think they got to figure out a way because um, this this team is just you know passing game wise, it's just not good enough to be able to go out and win games throwing the ball. You know, threw it you know thirty eight times, um, but TJ Finley had nine runs. None of those were design runs, so that's forty five dropbacks. And then probably Ashford had eleven carries. Even if half of those are are the design runs, that's still fifty plus passes in a game. That's not a recipe for success for this team. We're talking with Jason Caldwell here on Sports Call, and uh, Jason, I mean, we you know, we can beat a dead horse and look over stats and everything from this weekend. I mean, it was what it was. But the million dollar question everybody's on everybody's mind right now is with Brian Harson. In your opinion, does Brian Harson make it through this season uh, as the head coach, or do you think a change is on the horizon? Yeah, it, it all depends on what happens the next few weeks. Um, I think if this if this season continues, what we saw Saturday. Uh, Brian Harson, whoever. I mean, the, you know, it's you know, there's lots of places where a second year coach, um, you know, gets in trouble and doesn't make it, and, and you know, people want to throw it just on Auburn. It's not just Auburn. It happens a lot of places, and expectations are high. There's a lot of money involved, and um, you know, in, in these situations. So, I think it. You know, will I will I say it's an absolute? No, I'm not saying it's an absolute. Well, I think it's a possibility. Yeah, I think it can be a possibility. Talking to Jason Caldwell inside the Auburn Tigers with us. Jason, we talked about Penn State. Auburn football has flipped the page as they do every single Monday to Missouri coming up on Saturday. You've got an article that you posted 88 minutes ago on Auburn is looking to get back to its identity as an offense. I think a lot of people would like to know what is that identity because it hasn't really been a you know a very apparent so far this year. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's yeah, and, and I'm the first to say it. I, I think it, I think to be able to win big, you have to be able to throw the football. So I think that is absolutely part of it. But in this offense, you got to be able to run it to be able to throw it. Because um, you look at the pass, even in, you know this is very similar to Augusta Malzahn offense in that it's predicated on running the football. That's what you want to do. You're not predicated and, and not designed to go out there and throw it, you know, 40, 50 times and, and, and do some of those things. <clears throat> so you got to figure out a way to do it. Um, and, and that's the charge now. You know what you're going to get moving forward. Penn State gave the blueprint and Auburn adjust um, because they're going to see it again Saturday. Missouri's not as good as Penn State. But if, you know, if you, if you get up there and you put eight or nine guys up at the line of scrimmage and say, all right, I dare you to beat me. If Auburn can't do that, Consistently throwing the football um, before the pressure gets there, then then it's going to be a challenge. They got to figure out a way to run it somehow to take some of that pressure off. Uh, Jason, one of the one of the bigger reasons Auburn's in the situation they are right now is is struggles on the recruiting uh, trail. Uh, both Malzahn, now Harson, uh, different things like that. This was a big recruiting weekend. Uh, with a lot of guys here for the Penn State game. And obviously, as the season goes on, you're going to still have more guys coming in here as recruiting continues. Uh, what has kind of been the pulse from some of these uh, players that Auburn's trying to go after when they see a team struggle? Is it more along the lines of these guys are looking at the opportunity that I can come in there and, and do something immediate? Or do losses like what happened with Penn State kind of sour guys on potentially coming here? Yeah, you know, we talked to guys and, and they said, hey, look, it's one game. Um, one game doesn't have an impact. We'll see if it's a pattern. Then it has a little bit of an impact. But some, there's some, it, it all depends on the individual. Some guys say, look, I want to go to Auburn. I like it. 
where I'm going to go to school, and, and I feel like i got a chance to go in and play early. Where other guys are going to go, look, I, I want to be part of uh, a team that's, that's closer and, and, you know, that's, you know, maybe on the, on the cusp of winning a championship, those kind of things. So it all depends on the individual. Obviously, a Saturday like, like that never helps you, but it doesn't hurt you in the grand scheme of things a great deal uh, unless it becomes, you know, more and more frequent. Talking to Jason Caldwell. Jason, you you know, you talk about uh, recruiting for this Auburn team. You were out at the Carver-Montgomery versus Stanhope Elmore game on Friday night. Brian Harson and uh, Jimmy Brumbaugh were also out there with you checking out some of the r- recruits. And you're out every almost every Friday night you're out at a, at a uh, high school game. Which one are you going to this week? I always like to know where you're where you're headed. Yeah, I hadn't, hadn't made that decision yet. I may... I may go to Clay Chalkwell and Thompson. I've already seen Thompson once. Clay Chalkwell is loaded with a bunch of young prospects, a bunch of 2024s. Uh, Mario Craver is one of those guys, the young wide receiver. And so I think uh, that could be it. Um, I haven't made that decision yet. There's a few games on Thursday night that I'm potentially looking at if I do that. That might be a possibility just because Friday's such an early start. Uh, that 11 a.m. kickoff, that means being at the stadium at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, so it may be a, finding a Thursday night game, but I'll go somewhere this week for sure. All right, Jason, we'll, we will uh, keep an eye on your Twitter to see where you're headed. And speaking of keeping an eye on your Twitter, tell us what all's coming up for you guys at Auburn Undercover and inside the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, obviously, lots of things going on um, there at, at the website. Um, I had stories from, you know, Harson today, players as well, recruiting information, um, you know, coming out all the time as well. Christian Clement, they doing a great job there. You can check all that out. If, if you're a new subscriber, it's the perfect time. It's 50% off right now. So if you're a new subscriber and wait to join, you get get half price. Um, so this is the time to check us out there. And you can also follow me on Twitter at ITATJ. Great deals going on over at Auburn Undercover inside the Auburn Tigers as usual. Jason, thank you so much for the time as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That was Jason Caldwell inside the Auburn Tigers. Follow him on Twitter at ITATJason. We'll wrap up the second hour of the program right after this on Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call Podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Specifically, it's available on Stitcher. We got a link to that on our Twitter right now at Sports Call AU. You can find that podcast on Stitcher. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Tom PV, Kim Barry, and Brant Daughtry, all in the studio as we get ready to wrap up hour number two. Just about five minutes left in the hour, so we'll take this opportunity to go back to the Auburn Bank phone line right now. And we've got a call from across state lines. It's. John from Georgia. John from Georgia is joining us on the Sports Call Auburn Bank phone line. John, it's been a minute since we've heard from you. How are you doing today? 
I'm good. I've been trying to keep my negativity to myself for uh, about a year now. Ever since the season tank last year, I decided it'd be best if nobody else had to hear how negative <laughs> I was going to be. But after this weekend, I believe I can unleash a little bit. Well, come on with it. <laughs> I think the last time I called, Tom and I talked about the ineptitude of this staff and how they just are not willing to make adjustments. I think the most intriguing thing that I've read yet is the uh, comparison over the last eight games of Auburn football how we, you know, the the score differential in the first half versus the second half over the last eight games and how our opponents, we've outscored our opponents in the first half of all those games, and in the second half of those games, we've been outscored by 70 or 80 points or something ridiculous. I mean, this staff doesn't know how to make adjustments. I don't even know that they know that they're actually coaching the game of football at this point. I mean, this is just getting out of hand way quicker than probably what any of us expected after watching last year when you go on the road like, you know, last year and beat the LSUs, the Arkansas, and the old Misses that were, you know, supposedly better than us last year. And, and then the tank, like we did at the end of the year when Bo Nix got hurt, and everybody thought, you know, everybody thought that Bo Nix was the problem. It, it's becoming apparent that that wasn't possibly the problem, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it, there's a lot of different issues right now with this Auburn football team. I, I think that, you know, it, and that, that's a great point that you bring up that it, it seemed, you know, you, you look at the, you know, and especially this Saturday, you look at how Auburn played in the first half and you say, oh, well, they got to go and they got to make these halftime adjustments. And as Tom was pointing out earlier, it got worse in the second half. Well, this, this defense, is, it's the same thing as last year. You know, I, I listened to Ben Laird and, Justin Hokinson talk, and Ben was talking about, you know, you can only keep going to the well so long before the water busts. And that, I mean, that, this defense, I, I know they haven't performed to what we were expecting just yet, but at the same time, it, it just, you, you can only be expecting to do so much. And when you've got, you know, 12 to 18, 20 guys that are sitting over there on defense on the sideline, knowing that they just came off the field and their offense gets out there and throws the interception or fumbles the football, and they know that they've got to go right back on the field over and over and over and over again. I mean, they get tired of toting somebody else's jock strap at some point. There was a moment, and I, I don't know if how many people saw it. on. I don't know if it was saw, seen on – I don't think it was seen on TV because I didn't see it on social media. But I happened to look down onto the Auburn sideline after one of the defensive uh, stands by, by Auburn, and Colby Wooden went from – was sitting on the bench – Jumped up, ran up behind the offense that was getting ready to go onto the field, and was and just started yelling at them. Some, come on, guys, let's go! Come on, guys! And then went back and sat down. Yeah, it's. I I I, I don't think that it's time to sound the bells yet, like a lot of people are calling. I, I but I, I mean something something has gone disastrously wrong after Ole Miss last year. And I I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but our. We almost we had almost 400 yards of offense total offense on Saturday. The, the, the play calling in the red zone is just from last year to this year. It's the one thing that can be questioned. If nothing else can be questioned, it's it's the one question that can be asked that is obviously never going to change. Is our ability when we get in the red zone to score points with two of the best running backs? I saw I just saw where PFF released that Tank Bigsby is third in the country on most broken tackles. And, you know, in front of him, I think, was uh, Travion Henderson and uh, B. John Robinson. And they probably have triple the carries that Tank Bigsby has because he's on, he's like 75th or 74th in the country on total amount of carries given to him so far. I mean, I, we, we've got a bad problem with play calling. And I, I think that that all, you know, we've got Keysaw, which is, which is, uh, 
Parsons guy, and it's obvious that maybe that's kind of a little bit of what was going on last year was at some point Parsons took the reins away from Bobo. Uh, it's obvious something something like that happened, and it, uh, Parsons' playbook just isn't, isn't what's going to make us or break us, I don't think. Yeah, that, and that's one of the things that I mentioned. When you look at, at Tank Bigsby only touching the ball 11 times in that game, uh, at least on design runs, uh, five carries in the first quarter, zero carries in the second quarter, and four carries in the third. And he's supposed to be your best player. And what bothers me is it feels like there's an, a, lack, a lack of imagination uh, to find ways to get him the ball. Because I get it, Penn State – was bringing guys up there. They're whipping the offensive line's butts and, and making life hell to even try to run the ball. And so if you just keep trying to beat that down, you're going to not be successful. However, good offensive coordinators and good offensive minds find holes in what that defense is doing, and they find a way to put your best player inside of that hole and get the ball to him. And I don't see that with this staff. It's like – we know how we need to, or we know how we want to use him. But once they shut that down, then they're lost. They 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 have no idea how else that we can do something to get the ball in his hands, and, and so then you just see this just stupid, you know, low stat total. But you've got to find a way to get the ball in his hands, some way, somehow. You have to use your imagination and figure it out, John. We got to get well, to a break. Uh, one last thought for us. Well, I, you know, uh, what I was going to say was, is, you know, from what I've been able to rewatch and see other people that are, that are, that have, you know, that are a lot smarter than me about football is, you know, noting and even Harson in his press conference talked about that we didn't see what Penn State did and that, you know, et cetera. Uh, but I did notice, you know, that a lot of times Manny Diaz was bringing a lot of the pressure through the A gap. And if he's bringing pressure through the A gap almost every play, it doesn't matter if the center's getting blown off the ball. Somehow, some way, if those guys are vacating their position across the middle of the field, we don't have not one guy that can run across the middle of the field right in front of the line of scrimmage and catch the football. That that is a that's a great point, John. Uh, give it. We got to get to a break. Keep calling us though. We, we really uh, really miss hearing from you, man. All right, guys. Y'all take care. I appreciate it. We'll talk more about what John just spoke about in the set third hour of the program. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Cam Barry. Brant Daughtry, join me on the program. We will return with the third and final hour of the show right after this. hours of sports call are finished don't touch that radio dial we've got one more hour to go whether you're leaving work cruising around town or listening on demand we've still got some fun left for you to be part of the show give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. 
third hour of the show is on the air in Auburn, Opelika, in East Alabama. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Canberry Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, on the show this afternoon. We've had a great first two hours of the program and one more great hour to go, filled with all of your phone calls and, of course, all of your great uh, sports talk banter that we like to get into. But before we start this third hour... If you're just tuning in, just getting your cars off of work, headed home, let's get a Daily Show recap, shall we? We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show recap. Um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Brant, tell us about the show today. Uh, well, we have all vented our frustrations about uh, what we saw on Saturday. <laughs> to and, say the least. You know, kind of... Uh, we haven't really given our opinions on what is next. Just kind of said, hey, what we have right now isn't good enough. And uh, if something doesn't change that way, something's going to have to change somewhere else. So uh, we'll, we'll figure out the future of Auburn football by ourselves later. Uh, but... Uh, also, we have had Jason Caldwell on the show. Jason Caldwell of Inside the Auburn Tigers. Always good uh, to have on the show. Very knowledgeable. Has been doing this for a very long time. Uh, and he's really, really good at what he does. Uh, I mean, everybody we have on the show is. And, you know, Jason is no exception. And he was he had the, uh, the sideline seat for that game on Saturday. So he was able to give us the inside scoop, if you will. So... Uh, big thanks to Jason for joining us there. And, yeah, uh, more of the same in the third hour. That's right. More of the same, including more of your phone calls, which will go back to the Auburn Bank phone line right now to lead off the hour. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on that Auburn Bank phone line. Visit them online at auburnbank.com. For more information, your partner, your neighbor, your mem- your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We go back to that Auburn Bank phone line, and we bring it back to Auburn, and it is... Matt from Auburn. Matt is called in and joining us now. Matt, how are you doing this afternoon? Fine. Hey, hey, hey Tom. Hey, Cam. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Penn State got lucky and cheated. <laughs> I don't know if they cheated, but I they... Wish. they, uh, they I could, wish. I could say They had a great true. game plan. Well, they're, they're saying that if they fire Harson. Uh, no, they have, they have not. Harson's still the head coach. Well, they're talking about maybe if you don't win another game, they're probably Harson. A lot of people want um, them to either hire Lane, Lane Kiffin or Heath Freeze. Yeah, those were two names that were floated around back when uh, when Brian Harson was first hired a couple years ago, and uh, you know that those are two kind of you know hotter offensive names in the college football world. But you know Brian Harson is still the head football coach right now at Auburn, and so we'll we'll see what happens going forward, though. Well, if they were going, um, you guys can answer this seven questions. But if they were going to fire Harson. Who would be the interim coach? I've heard Zach Etheridge. Yeah, is I, I have guy. also heard Zach Etheridge right now. Okay. Well, they need, like, uh, they were talking about, like, uh, I don't know if you guys heard this, like, I was reading on my nook that they were talking about, like, the loss. They were talking about, like, uh, Arson was saying that he was going to play uh, Gonzalez. Yeah, they, he said the postgame presser that they had thought they had talked about putting in Zach Calzada, but they they never actually did. They stuck out stuck it out with uh, T.J. Finley and Robbie Ashford, and so we still are, have not seen uh, Zach Calzada on the field. And he uh, 
was asked about Calzada's health on the presser today, and he said that, you know, he, he said, I don't know, do you know something I don't? And he's been out there competing with uh, with uh, Finley and Robbie Ashford this entire time. Well, do you guys probably see Calzada playing either in the uh, LSU, like in the LSU game or this week's game? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, Harson says that he's not hurt. Uh, personally, I think he is. I think w- with what you've seen out of Auburn's quarterbacks, if you had a third guy that, you know, what we saw out of Calzada last year at A&M was not wonderful p- quarterback play, but it was better than really what you've gotten out of your quarterbacks so far. So I, I think that I think that Calzada's hurt right now, even if Harson says he's not. Um, and I, I may be wrong, and he just looks bad uh, in an Auburn uniform. Who knows? But... Uh, I I don't know. I feel like if you haven't seen Calzada yet, either he's hurt and they're waiting for him to get healthy, or he's so bad you're not going to see him. Well, we haven't seen another freshman quarterback too. And like, can you guys like can Harson give the other freshman quarterback like a chance? Because like Finley, I'm telling you, Finley got sacked. I would give the other freshman quarterback play play Ashford and the other freshman quarterback. Well, you also don't want to burn the red shirt with, no. by playing Gurner more. If if you're really confident that he's going to be a future quarterback for you, you don't want to play him too much because then you wouldn't get him for that extra fifth year. And so you may see him later in the year. You may see him if you really need him later in the year. But I, I don't know if we're going to see Gurner that much, if any, this year. Well, I I I agree with most of the callers that uh, there was a on one hundred six point seven. There was a caller that was saying that Tank Bigsby didn't get that many carries. Yeah, only carried the ball 11 times on Saturday. And um, I think Tank should, like, get more carries. Hunter should get more carries. And, but, um, I'm not very happy with the game. I I was pulling for, I was pulling for Auburn. I I was, like, going to see if they were going to get a win with Penn State. Had our had our number last year, and they had our number this year. Yeah, the, a lot of people aren't happy with the result there uh, in Jordan Hare Stadium on Saturday. But you gotta, you know, you gotta do what the uh, the Auburn football team is doing. You gotta put this one behind you and look at the look at the Missouri game this weekend. But hey, but um, Tom and Cam and Brooks, you guys yeah. probably see like Auburn still probably going eleven and one, and I know it's gonna be tough against Georgia and Bama. But do you guys and and get Texas A and too? But do you guys see Auburn winning against uh, Mississippi State, Arkansas, LSU, um, Ole Miss, and probably uh, and, and and Georgia and like Texas A M and probably I Auburn. Matt. Matt, none of us are going to sit here and say that Auburn is definitely going to win or lose any of those games, but I, I will say yeah. from my perspective, uh, Auburn's record has taken a hit in my eyes. I, I don't think that yeah. I, I don't think the outlook is nearly as positive as it was a week ago. Yeah, based off of uh, what we've seen these past three games, it's just it's just looking like it's going to be a tough season ahead. So, do you guys think? I've, is it still probably going to be Alabama and Georgia for the SEC championship and probably national championship? 
at least for the probably for the SEC championship because Georgia doesn't look like they could lose a game until then, and Alabama they you know they they didn't look great against Texas at at parts, but they were able to uh, put it together when they needed it, and so it would be shocked if it wasn't all Alabama and Georgia playing for the SEC title. Well, I'm thinking Bama over Vandy. I know Wayne uh, Parrish um, beat them, but I got I got Bama like. Um, the same score for the Auburn-Penn State game. Okay, yeah, that 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 seems about right. I don't, uh, you know, Vandy don't know if Vandy's going to be able to put up much of a fight against the, this Bama team because they they do look really good. Are you ready to do the cheer, Matt? Uh, not 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 today. Not um, no. like I said, I'm not very happy with the game. Um, I don't think it'll kind of cheer me up a little bit. Um, and so so uh, I'll. I'll probably do the cheer if Auburn wins. If Auburn wins this week, this week coming up, yeah, I'll do I'll do the cheer. But this is not a good weekend. But I'm not very happy with the game right now. But I, but hey, but hey, I I can tell you this. How about you play the song I want to do with win 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 because Auburn volleyball won. I saw that they did. They did win. They did win this weekend. So you guys can play that song. I'm gonna say one. I don't know if uh, I don't know if JJ's got it where I can play it uh, today, but we'll, how about we play it next time you call in? Uh, hey, hey, uh, Cam. What's up? Have you ever talked to my man Devon Reed? I haven't spoken to him uh, recently. He's been pretty busy, you know, with with football season going on. He's got a lot going on on his plate right now. Did he talk to him, Brooke? No, he, he's uh, he's a busy guy. But uh, we'll tell him you said hi next time we see him, though. Yeah, give him on the show if you can get him on the uh, show. And if you guys can try to get Devon Reed on the show, and probably uh, I know who to get. Get to get Cadillac on here and and um get Cadillac and uh and Zach Everett. That'd be dope. We'll we'll try to do that. The assistant coaches are hard to get on, but we'll we'll do our best. All right, we'll talk to you next time, Matt. All right, we're going. Hey, 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 hey yeah. I'll do the I'll do the cheer. That might cheer me up a little bit. All right, you'll do the cheer. All right, you ready, guys? Yep, let's, let's do, it. do it. All right, five, five four, three, two, two one. <laughs> War Eagle! Hey! Hey! Beat Bama 48, 45, 63, 13. Booyah! Bama, we're going to give you three seconds. We're going to knock you guys out. We're going to tell us heaven. Bye-bye. There we go. All right. that cheer you up any, Matt? Yeah, it cheered me up. Tell JJ he don't owe us nothing. I'll let him... I'll let him slide a little bit because you're out of town. I'll let him slide. All right. Well, we'll let him know that. We'll talk to you later, Matt. All right. Worry, guys. War Eagle. War Eagle. That was Matt from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free. one 888 9 That's how you can get on that Auburn Bank phone line. When we come back, we'll take a look around the SEC this weekend. A lot of good games happened. Not in Jordan-Hare Stadium, but we'll look around the rest <laughs> of the SEC and take a look at what was right after this. All 
of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call's taking the show on the road, and you're invited this Friday. We'll be out broadcasting live from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Auburn Alumni Association on the beautiful campus of Auburn University. Promoting the Huddle Tailgate for Auburn alumni. Make sure you get registered. Auburn alumni's website. We'll be out there, like I said, broadcasting live 3 to 6 p.m. right out front inside the or right in front of the giant inflatable tiger head. Come out and see us. We'll have great giveaways. Our friends over at the Auburn Alumni Association always take care of us. First of two we'll do out there this weekend's homecoming, so make sure that you come out and take part in the Huddle Tailgate. 334-887-34 when locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line now. We've got a new caller. James from Auburn has called in. James, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, I'm doing great. How are y'all? Doing great. Hey, I just had a I just had a thought. Yeah. What if Auburn could get Deion Sanders as a coach? I I think it would be absolutely amazing. I, we were I've been talking yeah. about Deion Sanders for over a year now, and uh, I think I think it'd be an instant splash. Yeah, I could just think of him and Bruce Pearl as such a good duo together. We bring so much hype to Auburn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the the idea of of Deion Sanders and Bruce Pearl on the same campus with each other, selling the program. Uh, I think it'd be absolutely incredible. And, uh, yeah, Deion Sanders' name is out there floating around. Now, I don't know if he would be willing to leave Jackson State right now and, and move up to uh, Power 5, but I, I think if you're Auburn and you decide that you're going to make a coaching move, I think he's one that you definitely have to at least reach out to and, and see if he's interested. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Give us some more calls, James. We'd love to it's, hear from you. 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. That's really funny. Bank phone line. They must have been listening yeah, to you. Right? Yeah. I was going to say. Over, over the, the break, we had that thing. We had that conversation, and, and James brought up a, is, ton of, a ton of the same points that Tom did. Is James in the building? <laughs> <laughs> They're listening to me. Yeah. I, I, mean, I will say, like, Deion Sanders would be a very exciting hire. It, it would get the right kind of attention on Auburn. Um, I still don't know how good he is as a football coach. We haven't seen that. You've got to be able to coach football players, you that know. And we bring that talent. He's gonna, he's going to recruit the crap out of kids. Well, like it's going to it's going to get talent in here. But can you make, take talent and make the good make football players out yeah. of it? Well, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, you know, he's a good coach on that level. Yes, uh, on, on on the level that they're at right now, yeah, he is a good coach. They, yes. he, he is a proven. He's proven that he can be a good coach on that level because right, they've won their division. They're, they yeah. they and he's only lost two games. He's only gone undefeated he, he, before. He's only lost two games as a coach, as a head coach. Uh, but again, championship because they lost to SEC State. Right. But again, that's that's on that level, and, and yeah. SEC ball is completely different. Yeah, but 
you want a guy that brings instant notoriety, a guy that can go sit down in any five-star recruit's house and convince them that they want, that this is the place they want to come, a guy that would instantly be welcome into anybody's home to come and recruit, a guy that would sell the program, a, a guy that would bring uh, instant notoriety, a guy that would bring good media relations towards our, because i mean if yeah. auburn, auburn all of a sudden auburn hires their first black head coach and it's deon sanders hmm. so you're you get that sick in the media just everything about that makes sense it makes too much sense <laughs> which is why auburn is not going to do that yeah that's no that's, that's, no that's no the shot. No shot. that's the that's the thing about it is like as as interesting or as fun i guess as a hire it would sure. be uh i the 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 power brokers at Auburn are not going to touch Deion Sanders, right? Because it makes yeah. too much sense. Well, well, among other things, but yes. Well, I, yeah, I know. But yeah. thanks for that call, James. And yeah. uh, if you've got the studio bugged because you literally said what Tom Peavy was saying during the commercial break, let us know so that we can uh, go on an Easter egg hunt like for it, the bug. Like that was suspiciously <laughs> yeah, right Tom, identical Tom, to like, Tom's. Tom's points. out here like, during the break making a call. Say, so, hey, can you can, can you call <laughs> in? <and> give, <laughs> Tom, hey, Tom sent a kid a text. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I need you to call in and say verbatim yes, what yeah. I just said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's promise. Let's go around the SEC before we get to our best and worst of the weekend after this next break. All of the SEC teams were in action this weekend. Not all playing SEC teams, though. Started off bright and early. Number one, Georgia visited South Carolina. Clap. Beamer ball came to a screeching halt on Saturday. 48-7, to Georgia behind a... Man. It, it looks like a Dude. Heisman candidacy for Stetson Bennett. Right. Right? Georgia is, Georgia is Georgia's hands, dumb good. Hands down the best team in the nation. Like, is it? Stetson, Stetson Bennett was never bad. Is I don't it, know, no, I don't know where never, that narrative came from. And, Stetson, he's gotten better, because, but he's never bad. Because he was short and he's a walk-on that's yeah. it that's yeah. why that he's, he wasn't a five-star recruit that's why georgia fans were like oh no he's coming back after he just won us a championship i don't mvp know. of the national championship game and georgia fans want him to ride off into yeah. the sunset no right. dog he's really good and he has been for most of his career another really good player is brock bowers the tight yeah. end oh. for the georgia oh dude Bowers. that's he's a beast he their tight <laughs> end room is stupid it's the best in the it nation. is stupid they've got a dude who's 67 270 he runs like a 4 4 yeah. It doesn't make any freaking sense. I hate Georgia, but damn, they're good. It's. Yeah. I'm gonna say, is it is it far off to say they're better than they were last year? I don't think we've uh, seen. In, uh, we don't, I don't, don't. We haven't seen yet. them it's play Alabama yeah. yet. Yeah, but essentially, yet. The, but there's the definitely to that potential there. Speaking of Alabama, they're three and zero on the year. Number two, Alabama yeah. beat. Yeah. Uh, went back and beat the demons from Nick Saban's first year in UL Monroe and took out some frustrations. It seems like sixty three to seven wins over Terry Bowden and the UL Monroe Warhawks. Bryce Young throwing for three touchdowns on the day, thirteen for eighteen for two hundred thirty six yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Jameer Gibbs broke out a little bit four game or four receptions 65 yards and a touchdown and will anderson had a pick six how about that he's really good best player in college football will anderson terry bowden had an interesting quote in that game about auburn after after that game oh yeah i did i did see him i did take i did see that quote and i'm just what was the quote terry why are you talking about auburn right now uh it's like you can you can go at auburn you can go 10 and 0 and save your season but not your career I, th- I think it was save your career, but not your job. I think is what he's, he's talking about the, oh, okay. the expectations. The expectations that that's Auburn what it was. Has. Ten and zero. Yeah, yeah. Save your uh, career. Yeah, save your career because he kept on coaching. Save yeah. your career, but not your job. Exactly. Yeah. Number nine, Kentucky. To be fair, he he did get fired when he was like 
five and seven. Well, he quit. Right? Uh, well, yeah. Well, he was going to get fired, but he yeah. quit before they fired him. Number nine, Kentucky improved to three and on the year against a Youngstown State team. They shut out 31 to nothing after a... Uh, go Penguins. Win- <laughs> go Penguins. I, I, I almost said Bo Pelini, but he's not there anymore. He, he's left since oh, he yeah. was the head coach at Youngstown State. So 31 nothing, Kentucky got a win over Youngstown State. Will Levis went 27 for 35, 377 yards, two touchdowns. Arkansas had a little bit of struggle in the Bobby Petrino Bowl it, on this Saturday. One, it really looked yeah. like Petrino. Those guys were yeah. about to pull the major, major yeah. upset. Yeah. But then Arkansas. It wasn't like it wasn't like a Arkansas struggling on offense, but it's to be neither team can put up points. Like Missouri State, Missouri State was yeah. that who they were Missouri playing? State. Yep. Missouri State was up seventeen to nothing in that game. Yeah. Like in the third quarter. In the middle of the third quarter. Let's say the Missouri, uh, Arkansas ended up coming back. They improved to 3 and 38 to 27. They set themselves up for a big one this weekend. They take on the Texas A&M Fighting Texas Aggies, who won their game against number 13 Miami yesterday, on Saturday, 17 to 9. Still not a pretty offensive performance from Texas A&M, but the defense got the certainly, job done. Shutting certainly out, better. Uh, shutting down and not allowing a touchdown to Miami. And, uh, yeah, it was it wasn't pretty, but they got the job done late night in, in uh, Aggie Land. Max Johnson is a serviceable quarterback. <laughs> uh, Achane had 18 carries for 88 yards that on dude's today, good. and uh, uh, Smith the uh, it's uh, it's Anaya Smith. Anaya Smith, yes. Uh, four receptions, 74 yards for the Aggies. Up in Rocky Top, Tennessee, it took care of business against the Akron Zips, 63 to six over. The Zippers, Hooker, 14 or 18, 298 yards and two touchdowns on the afternoon. Do you know why they're called the Zips? Uh, because they are kangaroos. They're gazelles, no. aren't they? No, it's a can. Their mascot's a kangaroo, but no, oh, is it? It's, is it? It's something to do with a rubber, isn't it? Yeah, it's the boots. Um, the the boots that were made in Akron uh-huh. at, at the rubber plant were called zips. Okay. Because they had uh, zips on the side or whatever. But yeah, it has to do has to do with the boot that was manufactured there at the rubber plants in Akron. Miss the rubber bowl. They've got a new stadium, but I yeah. kind of missed the rubber bowl. I've been in the Rubber Bowl. Oh, when were you in the Rubber Bowl? Uh, back when I was doing the drunk horse stuff. Okay, all right. Marched in the Rubber Bowl. Excellent. Another top 25 SEC team that struggled on Saturday night was the Florida Gators. 31-28 winners over in-state foes, South Florida Bulls. That game was awesome. That one got testy there. I was, able, I was able to watch that game. It was pretty cool. I got the tail end of it. It was, uh, it was a worrisome affair for the Florida Gators. Uh, and a top 25 team that did not struggle at a conference, and again, uh, number twenty, Ole Miss, forty-two to nothing over Georgia Tech. You talk about a coach that may be on the hot seat, Jeff Collins. There was there was yeah. people joking this like, have you ever seen a coach get fired at halftime? Because this could no. be it. Yeah, well, uh, that, that's another school that everybody keeps talking about with Deion Sanders uh, because of his history in Atlanta, playing for the Braves and the Falcons. Uh, also, Deion Sanders just being able to get kids from the Atlanta area. Yeah. To come to Georgia yep. Tech and, and play, and so Sanders Dion is a, is one of those names that keeps popping up for a potential replacement at Georgia Tech that, as well. I think on Saturday it was Ryan Cam. Were you on that show? It was Ryan, me, and someone else. When on Friday? Oh yeah, I was yeah I was there. yeah. Were you, okay? So we were talking about that game, and we're all like, "Man, Ole Miss is favored by kind of a lot. Their offense hasn't looked great." No, uh, Ole Miss came out and just dog walked Georgia Tech. Well, Georgia Tech's terrible. They are. They are very, very bad. Missouri Tigers, who the Auburn Tigers face this Saturday, got their second win at home on the air. They're 2-0 at home over Abilene Christian, 34-17. to They kind of struggled early in that one, um, but it was uh, it, Abilene Christian hung in there and kept the score very, pretty low 
early, but then Missouri was able to pull away in the second half. Vanderbilt almost lost on the road, 38-28 winners over Northern Illinois. It looked like Northern Illinois had their number until the third quarter. Really, I I never saw that final score. I thought Northern Illinois ran away with it. But they didn't, and Vanderbilt is 2-1. They are are 3-1. They played the Week 0 game. They, They have... They have not had three wins in a season in quite a while or something like that, and they're already at the three wins. It's like Derek Mason's third year there, something like that. Watch out because Van- Vanderbilt might make a bowl game and Auburn doesn't. Watch out because Vandy is two and oh on the road, so SEC there's some road least, warriors this yeah, they year. Play, yeah, they played at Hawaii and at Northern Illinois and come away with wins. And then the other SEC v SEC matchup was the nightcap number thirty one LSU numbers or no I say number thirty one. The score was LSU 31, Mississippi State 16. The Tigers, they, they looked fairly serviceable. They looked competent. <laughs> and that doesn't bode well for Auburn because you are looking at things as bad as it's looking and you're thinking, okay, well, yeah, yeah, Missouri is yes, should win that one. LSU, yes, should win. Oh, wait, they just did that to Mississippi State? Well, maybe not. So... <laughs> So LSU uh, uh, against all odds, one and zero in the SEC. Now, Auburn kicks off their SEC slate this Saturday, eleven a.m. against the Missouri Tigers in Jordan Hare Stadium, the fourth of five consecutive home games for the Tigers. It's also homecoming. When we come back, though, we'll shift away from conventional sports stuff, and we'll go to our best and worst of the weekend, as well as a nightly TV guide as we wrap up the show after this. Follow us on Tweeters. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Monday edition of Sports Call coming to an end. Just a few more minutes here. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Dancing Tom Peavy, slightly dancing Brant Daughtry, and breaking down Cam Berry. He wasn't dancing to start with, but then I turned to him and he started breaking it down. I was more joke dancing than I was actually trying to dance. That's that's fine. I was trying to look like the whitest white boy I could possibly be (laughs) dancing right there. That is how I just look whenever I'm dancing. I don't have to try. (laughs) That's fine, Tom. We, We all dance well. I Depends don't. on what, what your definition <laughs> of well is. We all, we everybody can dance well because art is subjective. Do we dance as well as uh, who was it for the Miami Dolphins that was Mike Gusecki? Mike Gusecki, yeah. Tried to gritty all Tried the to way. do the gritty. Boy, that boy one hit the ski daddle. <laughs> like, woo! Was like, dude, don't ever do that again. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter, though, he, he said, said it looked, yeah. he said it looked good when I was doing it in the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> back to the drawing board. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I'm gonna say, may want to get a uh, get a, one of those department store mirrors that makes you look good in everything. Yeah. Thanks for everybody that tuned in and called in today as we can uh, wrap up the show. But before we do that, before we get to our nightly TV guide, let's get to our best and worst of the weekend as we do every single Monday. Now, time for the best and worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. I nominate Tom Peavy to go first today. You, either either one you uh, like. I, well, you know, I'm going to do a best... Uh, 
Man, some of the endings on some of the NFL games uh, yesterday Dude. were absolutely incredible. But I, uh, I got to go with that Cardinals. I got to go with the Cardinals ending. Kyler Murray, yeah. With Kyler Murray. Well, the dime that he threw on the two-point conversion to tie the Nasty. game was insane. But then, then you had the scoop and score. But then he almost threw the ball away right as he was going into the end zone. No. And it's like – but uh, that was – I, I don't get usually get very excited over, over NFL games. I'm a college football. I'm a college football guy. Yep. The atmosphere in NFL games just doesn't even compare oh. to college. It's not even close. However, I can beg to differ, but go ahead. You don't get the same atmosphere in the NFL. Yeah, games college, college, college football is better than the NFL yeah. as far Whatever. as atmosphere goes. Yes. Subjective. Um, but. The, that as type much as of, I love the NFL. That type of ending of that game, to me, that feels like a college ending. Just a, a bizarre, holy crap, what in the world just happened right here in front of me and a walk-off win. So, yeah, that was my best. What was your worst? Uh, man, the easiest would just say Auburn. <laughs> yeah. Tough, uh, agreed. Tough to not say, tough to tough not to not say, say Auburn. For sure. Um. I'll go. I'll go a, a, a worst. Oh man, I yeah. I'll, I'll say it's a worst because it could have been a best. But uh, Michael Harris missing the uh, home run ball. It would have been. It would have been. Because he, he scaled had, the wall perfectly. Yeah, he he jumped day. about three feet in the air. It, it would have been one of the best catches of all time ever, 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 ever. <laughs> in baseball yeah, if he had pulled that off tough and he was not able to catch it and i hate to give that as a worse weekend but just that's a what if that's a worse just because of a what if like yeah. if that ball goes in your glove it's after great. what you just did Sports right there Center top 10 number that one. would have been that would have been just absolutely ridiculous but he didn't make the catch and, and so, so therefore it's a worse because all we can say is what if it was funny though because uh strider in the press conference was like i would have caught that in bp yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like spencer strider a lot he's man funny. he's got some personality to him mr barry best and worst for the weekend best we best for the weekend um just celebrating my six-month anniversary with my girlfriend heck yeah uh, just took it to a nice dinner, hung out with her. Must be nice. Um, <laughs> it was a good little time. Um, and we just uh, hung out. Worst of the weekend. I mean, like like Bill said, it would be easy just to say Auburn, but I'm going to go with um, – What did I say? You said, I said Bill. Bill. Tom. No. Sorry. Tom said the Auburn. Sorry. I don't know why I'm thinking Bill. Um, Is this the first time Bailey. you've ever been compared yeah, to right. Bill Bailey, Tom? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Uh, Tom, thank, thank Tom saying, Tom saying, um, um, Auburn would have been an easy one. I agree, but uh, I'm probably going to go with the Falcons. Um, just getting down like that, and really, the game is in your hands. You're at the 20 yard line. You're getting so close, and and then you. <laughs> Marcus Mariota. If you just don't throw a pick, you maybe make a smart throw there. You might win. We might win the game. You know, so we might come back. We might beat the Super Bowl champions. We might be one and one instead. We're zero and two. So a tough week overall. Let's see if we can just beat the Seahawks next week. Mr. Daughtry, I'm gonna go with the best. The Braves completed a sweep over the Phillies. That the Phillies are not a bad team at all. They're a pretty no. good team, and and winning three out of three over them is a pretty big deal. Uh, Spencer Strider getting to 200 strikeouts on the season. Very cool, especially for a guy who didn't start until the middle of the year. So uh, Spencer Strider is an absolute freak. He has the quads of a god. And uh, 
I can't wait to watch him pitch for the Braves for you know 50 years or so. Yeah. Um, my worst of the weekend. Uh, Auburn. Yeah, since no one else took Auburn, I'm going to go with Auburn. <laughs> I was going to go with the Falcons, finding new and exciting ways to disappoint their fan base. But, yeah, I mean, it's Auburn. Especially, for it makes sense for me because, like, I love offensive line. I was about to say, right? you're an offensive I'm line the, kind really, of I'm guy. the offensive line guy. It's what I played. It's He's what a I trench fa- man. It's what I fell in love with. Um, and seeing it played poorly is just heartbreaking to me. So, uh that specifically Auburn is my worst of the weekend specifically the play of the offensive line please do better and 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 that's going to be tough because I feel like there's just God I mean they're just not not good no I mean man I Austin Troxel was a four star he was a highly rated guy everybody in the country wanted Austin Troxel but man his knees just are gone he doesn't have knees anymore I really you know, I feel bad for the guy. Um, and, and Tate Johnson was never supposed to start this year. It was supposed to be Nick Brahms, but he got thrusted into that, and you know he hasn't been able to step up. Um, Killian Zero was getting worked by the third string defense. That was funny to watch because um, there was one play where he just basically put a guy in a chokehold to stop him from chasing down like, whoever the ball carrier was, and, and that was pretty funny. So Brooks, what was your best and worst of the weekend? Well, I'll tell you, best of the weekend. I- I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to hurt some people's feelings uh, out there in our listening audience because we do have some fans of this team that do listen to us. We are in their vicinity. But the finish to the App State-Troy game, so I'm sorry, Troy fans that are oh, listening. That was Phenomenal awesome. Phenomenal finish. If you haven't heard the radio call that's been going around on Twitter from their their uh, their radio broadcaster, it is everything that you wanted that yeah. call to be and more. Tough to tell any details, but the message comes across perfectly. Yes. Is this the one where you can see them? Yeah. They, they overlay yeah. them seeing them in the booth with the play. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely Phenomenal crazy. stuff. But now, if you want to go even even funnier than that, there's the video that I just saw today on Twitter of the uh, Troy sorority girls watching the game. Yeah. And they all start screaming and yelling in celebration. And then they all just stop in shock. And one girl just, like, collapses on a sofa. And they're all just sitting there looking at the TV like, what just happened? They're like, they instant, yay! Oh, that's, yay. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no. That's another best of the weekend. App State uh, getting college game day and yeah. the game and completely living up to everything. And shout out to Trace, Chase Bryce, excuse me, GCO product, showing out. My uh, my worst of the weekend is whatever happened to the Browns yesterday against the New York Jets, where you end up you losing. Hilarious! How did you lose to the Jets? You and and the worst thing was I was I was watching the game with the Browns fan yesterday, and they scored the touchdown and then missed that extra point. And another friend of ours said, "I hope that doesn't that extra point doesn't come back to haunt you." And you know what it did? Came back to haunt them. Exactly. So whatever happened yesterday to the Browns, I that's my worst of the weekend because that was being the Browns. That was awesome. Still but, the same old Browns. Here, here's another kind of kind of a best. We haven't really talked much about what happened around the country, but Kansas Jayhawks three and zero. Heck yeah, ah, they are. That's different. Lance, Lance Leopold. Lance, Lance yeah. Leopold got Weird. the Jayhawks doing something. And you know what's the now best? whether it's going to keep going or not? I don't know. But but, like I don't even know who they've played. Like I know their their projected win total was two and a half. You know what the you that's know what impressive. the biggest crime is though. What's that? Is that college game day is not going to be at three and Kansas versus three and Duke this weekend? Ah, that is the biggest crime. Big sad. <laughs> that they decided, they've decided to go, go to, to a top twenty five matchup in Tennessee and Florida. Shame on them. And they're passing up three and Kansas and three and Duke, and it's just a those two are playing each other this week. Yeah. Wow. That'll be a fun game. Yeah. Well, so that I, I know be that, like the the weird the weird dumb college football we all love. Yeah. <laughs> 
I might watch that one just for the. I don't know I, that it would be on TV anywhere that I could be able to watch ACC it, Network. It's giggles. either going to be on ACC Network or on ESPN Plus. So if you have either of access yeah. to either of those, or you can go, you know, not we don't condone it, but slightly illegal streaming ways you could slightly. find it. Before Yo we get ho. out of here, Rock this chalk. is this is some stuff you don't have to go to slightly illegal streaming to. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. So Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Stuff you can watch on TV tonight. NFL action starting at 6.15. A doubleheader. Well, I guess it's a doubleheader. They're going both at the same time, though. Titans-Bills. Bills are a 10-point favorite over the Titans at home. And then at 7.30 on ABC, it is the Vikings and the Eagles. Eagles are a three-point home favorite. This is an NFL action for you tonight. Uh, Braves are in action again tonight as well. Kyle Wright takes the mound for the Atlanta Bravos as they look to continue their winning ways. The Mets also play tonight, so can't you know you could te- technically gain a game, but the Mets and the Braves have been matching uh, pretty recently. And then your other picks for tonight. Let's go around the room very quickly. Tom, what have you been uh, watching lately? Oh goodness. Uh... I, all right, so since we're kind of getting into the fall on the Travel Channel, it's a bunch of different shows, but they've kind of they're doing their Spooktober Ooh. type stuff, and so like if you're into the paranormal and ghost shows and different things like that, Travel Channel is doing a lot of that. Brant, what have you been streaming lately? Uh, House of the Dragon, HBO, uh, Game of Thrones prequel. It's very good. Cam, Naruto. All right, we'll leave it at <laughs> that. We'll leave it at that. That. Is is that, was that the most TV stereotypical guide? segment we've ever done on this show? <laughs> that is a look at your TV guide, and that is going to do was it hilarious. for our Monday edition of Sports Call. JJ's back in the seat tomorrow. Thank you to Tom and Brant and Cam for being yeah. on the show had to go today. watch the Biscuits tomorrow as they open playoffs against Pensacola. So Go Biscuits. Go Biscuits. And have a great evening. Enjoy your NFL football tonight. We'll be back with you tomorrow.